Hey guys, welcome to the Casey Catch-Up. I've got Oscar and Edo. I thought we'd try to get the uh, the podium together from Olakai to Oahu and basically just froth out and sort of discuss what what our perspective was was of, of the race. So so thanks Oscar and, and Edo for being part of the race, uh, being, being part of this, but also part of the battle that was Molokai to Oahu. It was, uh, I feel like it was a really good finish to downwind month. Um, so yeah, thanks boys. Yeah, it's a good finish for you, mate. <laughs> no, it was. It was a. It was a man. That was a battle out there. That was such a good event, and I think the whole time having a few races stacked up like that, everyone was in town. Everyone was. We're getting runs in together. It was. Yeah, it was such a good time. Just to be. I mean, it was my first trip to Hawaii too. So just having and all these guys, like none of us, I guess, the last few years have been. You know, I, I've never raced before, but I mean, a lot of these guys that we'd kind of seen, you, Kane, you know, none of us had raced each other. So kind of yeah. all be in the same place for a stretch of time for a few races was pretty epic. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and like the way the sport's developing, I feel like there's so many different techniques that everyone's using. And it was cool to like see people from different places and like see how their technique and their strategies worked in the race, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because there was a pretty clear, like, let, let's dive into it. I said Molokai to Oahu, there was kind of a race of, I'd say, four sections. There was the start, which yeah. was, like, flat, and then there was this, like, 15 to maybe 20-kilometer section. It was pretty nice but sort of rolly, rolly bumps. And then there was Makapu Shelf to the wall, which was sort of messier, and then there yeah. was the wall to the finish, which was kind of, messed up <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that was hard yeah so um Ed, yeah, I think, actually, yeah you go Oscar yeah I was gonna say I think the the gear tuning like what Edo was saying was definitely I reckon it was a little geographic like the Hawaiian boys I know you coming out you me even like Perth Kui somewhat ended up on the same-ish size boards like we're probably on the shorter end like mm. high sixes low sevens in that kind of realm and I mean, my first, when I first got to Oahu was I caught up with Simeon doing some paddle ups and they're on nine footers by nine by 16 barracudas. And that was kind of the first time I was like, oh, like the Hawaiian boys that going out of this, a different approach to us. They're just like boards that are super fast. And I assume they're going to be paddling up small foils and planning on a paddle finish. So yeah, I think Edo, you did the same, did you? You went a long, longer board. Yeah. I had an eight, six. Yeah. And it was like 125 liters, I think. So yeah, it was a pretty oh, big thing. Yeah. 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 How much do you weigh? Um, I'm around 80 kilos. Yeah. JK. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you're, no, you're, it's definitely a really big board. But still, like you're so Edo, you and I are probably the heaviest in the top five to ten, maybe even. Because Austin's yeah, yeah. weight. Yeah, I'm down yeah. around 70 at the moment, I think. But Andrew's like Andrew's bigger mid eighties, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kane as well. I think he's a bigger guy. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. interesting because a lot of people going into like, like with the coaching, a lot of people complain, "Oh, I'm heavier. It makes it way harder." And I think there is there is that, but I think if you're powerful and heavy, you can you can make it work. It's just it's really a power to weight sport. But um, yeah. The so the start interesting. So so Oscar, what what length board were you on? So I sized up, which still was nowhere near what the Hawaiian boys were on, but I went with a 7.7, um, I think around 100 litres. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I could, so I had, I'd brought with me a 7.0, which was, I think it's 85 litres. That was, that's the longest I've ever ridden and I ever really planned on riding. Yeah. And I could still flat water start the foil I rode comfortably. Um, but the main thing was that finish. Like if it was going to be a windy day, you're going to be paddling like realistically. (laughs) So I kind of felt not, once I actually tried the 7.7, I was kind of surprised on foil. It actually felt, felt good. I wasn't too the length didn't make too much of a difference, but the paddle on it was just so much easier. And it's the same catching bumps was easier. Um, flight water start was easier. So yeah, it was a pretty easy decision to go that big, but I still went nowhere near what you got at. So <laughs> yeah. 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 So interesting. And then I guess from my perspective, the start was um, a bunch of people got up first, first paddle up and then people just sort of dropped off. <laughs> Like Oscar, you and I were like pretty much um, you, Oscar and Andrew. So it was, yeah. Yeah. And then Ed, I didn't know where you were at the start. So what happened? Yeah. I had a horror, I had a shocker in the start. So it was like my biggest worry overall, just because I was riding a really small wing. Um, so yeah, I, I just decided to ride that wing because I pretty much always trained on it. And I figured if I can ride that wing in pretty like glassy conditions, then I can ride it when it's flat in Molokai, right? But it's really different riding it in conditions where you have a little bit of bumps, like open ocean and it's glassy, than actually flat water starting and having to pump out when there's like nothing to work with, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I was more worried about getting the board up on time and not having like all the boat wakes and and things like that. But I ended up having a perfect start. And then I was pumping out and I was like, wait a minute, like I'm actually getting really tired. Like this is... Where the where's the wind line right now? I need the wind line, but I didn't make it to the wind line and I went down and it was the worst thing ever because like I was completely gassed out and I feel like you need a lot of energy to to paddle up. You need a, all your energy to sprint paddle up and I didn't have any. So I was like, I remember trying to get up too quick and I couldn't. So I ended up just sitting on my board and like not praying, but I was just like in my head, like I was like trying to breathe because it was just a horrible moment watching everyone just fly past me and all the escort boats. And I'm just looking at everyone leaving and I'm like, wow, I really messed up. Like I should have just ridden a bigger wing. I thought it was the end of the race, but yeah, I ended up kind of like resting on the board and paddling it back up. And I remember my escort boat telling me at the finish, she's like, bro, you were down for 13 minutes. And I was like, that felt like one or two minutes to me, but yeah, it was it was a really tough time. But then again, it's it's different because when we got to the bumps, you guys were probably on liftier wings and I was on a smaller wing, so I was just going so much faster. Yeah. In the bumps. Yeah, and that was yeah. the uh the, the chess match that is yeah. Molokai to Oahu, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So um Oscar, I think for me, it was like you and I seemed to be on a pretty similar size foil for our weight anyway, just like the way we were um at the start, we were more or less on the same line and um, and you were a little bit further north, I was a bit further south. And um, But those first few bumps were just pumping basically and I, I felt yeah. at the time the adrenaline and I felt like I, w- I was good but, but like um, I felt it later in the race for sure. How did, how did you feel with that, like, that, that start? Oh, 100%. And I think, yeah, I think it was hard. I think when we got up on the start, I only had kind of, there was four of us really at the front inside anyway. So I think 
Fire was on my right, and he got up really quick. And then I think you must, I think you must have been a little further left and you kind yeah, of moved left. in with us. Yeah. Yeah. And same Andrew came into the picture and the sort of all four of us going for a few minutes. And I mean, you know, the a flat water start rips, it takes so much energy to get it out, but then you've got to start pumping the thing and you've got to somehow get your heart rate down a little, which is interesting. And I think Kai, he started struggling. Like I saw him at maybe we're two to three minutes in and he just started dropping lower and lower and like boards started touching and he was kind of done. And that was at the, at the time I was the same, like the adrenaline was firing. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, and he just dropped. I was like, I'm feeling good. I was like, yeah. I was like, this is, we're on. And I think, yeah, maybe five minutes in, the wing boats kind of really, like you started getting the wash from them run across. Yeah. And that got a little, like I was just trying, like when it was smooth water at the start, you could stay high. It felt pretty comfortable. But then once the the wash started coming, it started getting a little funky. Mm. Um, and I think they probably, look, whether they called the boats in too early or not, I don't know. Like I look back where Kai had fallen, you could see the wash from the wing boats going across. And not long after that, our boats came in. Yeah. So like for him to then start with that amount of wash going through it, it would have been an absolute nightmare. So I think staying out in front of when when they released the boats was was key for whoever stayed out. So I think it was at that stage you, me and Andrew mm. was the only three that I was aware of. But. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise, uh, the on the boats, I, I I had like a bit of a I, I don't know. I was pumping along, and I I, I spoke to you after Oscar, and I like had like a just like this real like this the adrenaline and the the race and um when the boats came in um your boat like slotted in because i was like you were here and i was here and then your boat slotted in right in front of me and at first i'm like oh this is good because i could just like i was literally riding the boat wash and i'm like i don't i can rest the legs a touch and then i was like annoyed because the boat prevented me from pumping because you know the boat was going slower than what we could pump so i was like and then they start, and I thought they were filming me because I'm like, oh, they're gonna think I'm like trying to rest. Someone, it looks like someone on your boat was filming, and I'm like, I'm like, get out of the way, like move your boat. <laughs> <laughs> it was like full fired up, and I'm like, and looking back, I'm like, you're an idiot. But it was just like the adrenaline of the race, and like Andrew was here, and you were there, and I'm like, Andrew and I were both just stuck in your wash, and it was, um, yeah, I just the the. I was all. I think I was worried that I was going to get like disqualified or something. I didn't know what the rules were, like for riding boat wash. Yeah. But it was also like then I realized, hang on, this boat isn't even helping. It's like get out of the way. Like I want to try to like catch up to Oscar, and it made zero difference because as we all know, that that start almost meant nothing. But um, yeah, at the time I just like was this this like rage came over me. I'm like whoa, and I was like, afterwards I'm like, why did I get so angry about that? But um, it was. Oh, but I also think you know even if you maybe got to ride some wake you lose a lot on like it's so con like you've got wind coming the other way and wind bumps coming across it you're trying to sit on a boat wake that you then kind of gone over these like speed bumps with other yeah. bumps coming like removing that is almost easier than trying to what you gain in trying to ride it like it's pretty yeah. stressful to stay high and try and sap you know suck as much energy out of that bump as you can but then add in a cross wake and a yeah like you just rather yeah. like, not be there almost Actually, on the on the start, sure. how, how did you guys find? So before the boats came in, so there was the flat, and then the wind sort of started coming across. And I was um, my 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 strategy was to be a little bit south of the run line, but the at the start, the wind, the way it was blowing, I found it was easiest for me being natural foot and forehand that like the the, the right was really easy to sort of mm-hmm. was easier to slot into the bumps, whereas the left felt like I was kind of like having to pump more. 
and my boat captain was yelling at me. I guess it's just the boats. He's like, "You got to go south. You got to go south." I'm like, "You don't understand. It's so much easier to surf this way right than it is to like sort of go with the wind." With the wind, and he's like, "Stop yeah, going north." Yeah. And um, yeah, how did you guys find that? Was that same for you guys, or? Yeah, I think so. Just because the bumps were so close together and moving like since they're just little ripples, if you go down with them, you're outrunning them, and you're just doing up and overs. You know, you you're like. You're not getting the energy, but if you go side, I feel like you can ride them for just a little bit longer. I feel like that helped a lot. Yeah. Going yeah. side for me at least was. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. I think even looking at the track, like we ran, if you look at that kind of straight line that most guys took, we moved pretty north of it at the start. Mm. And I think it was that it was, we are all ultimately riding way higher aspect, fast foils, which if you turned with those bumps, yeah, like you see, you just outrun them. You just do yeah. over. So you had to cut quite oh, a yeah. hard line along them to stay on foil. Yeah. Um, so we ended up going quite far north off the start. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Um, and then what do you guys reckon? Like three, maybe four kilometers in, the bumps sort of started to get like not having to pump, <laughs> maybe. Like it was, <laughs> it sort of felt like it, it was a while. Like I reckon it was yeah. like 15 minutes before it really started. Yeah. And I think that was when Andrew came up. Andrew was on my left at that stage. And he came up and he's like, we'd just gotten kind of a couple good rides. And we're like, he's like, we've fucking done it. We're out. And I was just like, he's like who else is here? And I was like, I was like, Jimmy's here. I was like, is anyone else like me? None, no one wanted to look back. Because you, you look no. back, he just was like, I've made yeah. it this far. I'm not risking turning around and looking. So I was like, I know Jimmy's here. It's you and me. I'm like, Kai dropped and I couldn't see him get back up. So I was like, it's just awesome. Like we kind of just frothed out. We're like, yeah, we did it. And then Andrew just kind of like looks, he's like, now it's on. And it was just like, it was just kind of, it was a moment like sick. And then I was like, all right, now like back to it. Like, let's go. Yeah. 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 It was. Uh... Yeah. I think that's like the biggest success. Just using this, like the smallest swing you can to make it to the wind line. And then once you're there, you're just on like. Yeah. You're just going to be going fast from there. I think that was a gamble everyone yeah, yeah, I think that was the the gamble that everyone played. Like Kai's done it in the past where he's won, where he paddled to the wind line, but then he was on a smaller, oh, yeah. faster foil and blew right. through the channel. So, and it's tricky. Like it's, you know, I think a lot of guys gas themselves. Like, like you said, you said waiting 13 minutes after that. Like, yeah, you know, that the flip side, which we were talking about the other day was, do you, you know, other guys just paddled out like fairly cruisy yeah. until they knew they could make it from there onwards. Yeah. But they weren't gassed. Yeah. Whereas if you gassed it off the start line but didn't make it out, a lot of guys were kind of I was talking to Eric Sternman before, and he's like, I'm thinking of doing it in like two to three segments. But like you said, you gas yourself that much, it takes five minutes to even remotely get to a point where you can go again. Yeah. So it's is yeah. it worth then, you know, gassing yourself and then waiting so long to recover or just paddle it cruisy and then or not cruisy, but yeah. sustainably and then go once you think you're good. So it was the full I mean, hair, sure hair and a tortoise. Next year. Yeah. 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 It was, I know Josh Koo, he, um, he didn't even try to paddle up. He like said he paddled for two, maybe three Ks. And then he's like, uh, oh, I guess I should try now. And I'm like, what? How did you even give it a crack? And, <laughs> um, yeah, he, he said that, uh, he said he, he actually, after I spoke to him, he said he regretted not trying earlier to paddle up because he just like literally yeah. just was cruising. He's like, I can't paddle up in this. Just kept, kept sort of, you know, going and yeah, it was interesting because, and yeah, it was a, yeah, that, that, that start was, was gnarly. And, and I think it actually caught a few people who'd done it before by surprise, I guess thinking Kai and Jeffrey, 
because in 2018 and 2019, when they'd both done it before, it was actually a fair bit windier and, and a bit more northeast, mm. which, which means you get a little bit more wind wrapping around, around Molokai. And because it was so east and a little bit lighter, that the wind shadow or the, the, the bumps that just took longer for the fetch to build up. So it was, I'm hoping that's like tougher than what it normally is because if it's like that again next year, it's going to be like, oh, here we go. Um, yeah. yeah. That was uh, interesting to see. And, and here, because at the start, I, I honestly thought all of like, when everyone got up at the start, I thought, okay, we're on. Like everyone's up, let's go. And then, yeah, like you said, then my boat captain goes, oh, it's just you, Oscar and Andrew. And I'm like, what happened to everyone else? Like, yeah. I'm like, I yeah. guess that, that was pretty hard. Yeah. So, yeah, I rewatched the um. There was a, someone posted a video of the start line, and I didn't realize so many guys got up. Yeah, I kind of I, same thing. You just you can't really look back. You can't afford to look back. So you just whoever's in your peripherals is who you nose up. Yeah, and it just seemed like you know guys just slowly just gassed out, and yeah, I guess us three got away. I don't know if anyone else got away. That'd be interesting to see, but yeah, I guess the dot vision is probably the best way to look back at it without. Yeah, like talking to everyone, but um, well, Edo definitely didn't. Thirteen minutes, mate. That's such a that's a long time to be like sitting yeah. and thinking yeah. and giving like. That's but like, I think I could have. It could have been a lot less if I just like stopped and accepted that I went down and just try to like recollect myself and get my energy back. Because like when I went down, I just like tried to get right back up in a minute or so, and I just didn't have enough energy. So that was kind of stupid. I just had oh, to yeah, sit yeah. down and you know breathe and just accept it it's just so hard when you're seeing everyone fly by and you're like oh dude i blew it well i think all three of us had a had a moment of exactly that feeling that oh i've blown oh yeah in the race (laughs) yeah (laughs) at some point and it was probably better to be having that at the start in in the respect that you've got um you know 50 k's to catch up versus Mm -hmm. um i guess what i had with two k's to go and what oscar had with about 500 meters to go um it was it was a serious roller coaster. Um, but let's go into the I guess that that next patch, like once you got up, Edo, um mm-hmm. and, and into those sort of more decent bumps, how how are you going? Like you you you've been probably the quickest all downward month. You must have been knowing us down pretty quick. Yeah, I think I was I was going really quick, but just because I like, you know, I chose a smaller wing and I kind of sacrificed that first and ending bit of the pumping i just thought that's the biggest segment you know so that's what we should be focusing the most um so yeah i chose a small wing and i was going pretty fast but i don't know about you guys but my plan was kind of to conserve my energy a little bit until i got to china walls but after blowing it off the start i was just thinking of like going as fast as i could and like at all moments you know i didn't really conserve myself which i probably should have but yeah, did you guys try to pace yourself in that in that second section when you got into the bumps or or were you just like full on the whole way? There you go, Oscar. Yeah, mine was I was kind of playing it a little bit by ear. I kind of knew I had my like the line that I wanted to set, which probably was a little little more north than yours, James. Mm-hmm. And so I was in general veering, you know, we were kind of losing each other a little. Um my main thing was, and I kind of knew if I was going north the only the guys would come from the left. And so I was kind of just keeping an eye on that and but wasn't particularly trying to go fast, just kind of keep it pretty conservative. Um, 
the bumps effectively you've got the swell coming from your right moving or down the channel so you follow them for too long you lose your line so I was sort of I'd sit on my line and kind of saw where you were Jimmy and then I'd if a couple if a couple sets came through or some big ones I'd run with them for a little and just kind of see where I'd end up on your line and then so I'd move back up to it and just kind of keep an eye on that I wasn't mm. I was pretty conservative through the middle of the channel no one was catching up I was yeah. sort of like there's not much point and I think probably midway in the channel I realized the legs were more hurt than I thought they were I felt like the start was easy but like you said the adrenaline I think that yeah. just overtook and I kind of got to the middle and I was like yeah my legs are, shouldn't be this sore for what that felt like and yeah. that was when I was like I was like I just went like to conservative mode after that and kind of was just just zigzagging keeping an eye on things and not kind of trying to push it at all yeah um how are you yeah I think you're 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 natural as well aren't you yeah 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 so so you would have been looking at me whereas you were on my left so I was like keeping an eye but I was just I was still yeah yeah what I was doing yeah I was exactly the same as you but I guess a little bit further south like with my captain we spoke about it and he said a little bit south of the run line is kind of what he was saying and I had the like the run line on my on my watch, so I kind of knew like there was like a little arrow, and it'd sort of tell me like if I was on it or or like a bit too south of it. Um, and exactly like you were saying, like there was kind of the the bumps that were running south, almost like past Diamond Head, and then there were the bumps that were sort of running right towards Makapu, and you're just trying mm-hmm. to like take one or the other, and sort of in in my perfect world, I was taking like bombing down south. And then I'd use that speed when the bumps run out to then run back right. And uh, whenever I sort of, and when I got that right, it, it felt really good. But then sometimes I felt like I'd gone a little bit too far south and I'd just sort of pump back north, sort of back towards the the line. And that that's probably what taxed the legs the most. And that was, there was a couple of moments I remember thinking, oh, my back leg's a bit sore. <laughs> when, when did that yeah, happen? Yeah. You know? yeah. It was, uh, was kind of like I, I didn't. In, in my head, I didn't think I was working that hard, but um, because I was on the slightly bigger foil, to push down the big the big south ones was uh, a little bit of work. Once I got on them, it was happy, but then the, the, it didn't have the same glide as what you would on some smaller foils we've been using for most of the months where you'd sort of cut back right. And with a little bit of wind, it's like you lost that. You lost that little bit of glide, and because the bumps are kind of crisscross, it was – it was uh, – it was – in the middle, it was like, you know, I could, t- I'd be faster on a smaller foil for sure. Like we all, like we all would have been. Um, but yeah. you know, so, so that's where obviously you started catching us. Was that sort of similar yeah. to you? Yeah, I just, I was just really stoked. I had a lot of moments where I'm like going full speed. And I'm looking at my watch and I'm like, yeah, that's like, I'm going really fast. And I was able to connect, like you said, the, the swells going down and then getting that speed to go, could, to go up north, you know? Um, that was a big thing, but for, it was like really hard to feel the lift of the foil. Like I couldn't really concentrate and feel like if I was about to drop or I could have continued gliding Had a lot of moments where I was just, I stalled out. Like I just dropped in the middle of the channel. I think like three times just because I, I was too locked in into choosing what bump to go on. I wasn't like making sure I had enough lift on my foil. So Mm-hmm. I think the open open ocean bumps in that particular channel are really different from any other channel that we've done. Um, yeah. Just because there's a lot of times where you don't see the bump, but you're actually moving really fast and there's energy in the water. But if you look down, the bump's not actually there. 
Yeah, they, you know they were much. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were super. Like they were flat. Like they were like this. Yeah. Whereas like every other run we'd done, like even like when we practiced the finish line, like like they're really steep like this, and you kind of like have this bit to yeah. top down. Whereas it was just like these big flat things. And yes, it was Oscar. You probably agree. You'd probably like for, for me they were more uh, similar to home, like almost a bit more familiar. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what I like. So many guys like oh, it was so tough. There was multiple swells in the mix i think like if you're used to maliko or even the diamond head run it does like the swell wraps around and mm-hmm. so it stacks everything cleans it out so you kind of got a fairly dominant swell and a win and that's kind of good but out in the channel like i reckon the midsection there was at least two to three swells in the mix with the wind like all those the ones coming under you from the east were kind of big rollers yeah. and they weren't as they weren't as frequent whereas the ones coming from the north they were like steeper and tighter and kind of running across. So you sort of like for us back home, you often, you know, you got two to three swells with different periods in the mix yeah. and you kind of find a rhythm between them. And I think for me on through the channel, the wind bumps were irrelevant. They really weren't, there wasn't much to, to use with them. It was much more finding those kind of big East rollers and then kind of bouncing off those kind of North swells and kind of kicking off with the East ones. And, kind of zigzagging that way but yeah like you said it's it's much closer to what we get back home yeah um, i spoke to kai after at the presentation and he was like man there's no wind i think those those bumps were like built up like the week before he's like there wasn't even bumps. <laughs> yeah he was like man that was so light so it was yeah i think um i've always found like from doing this up sort of downward month in in the past Maori to Molokai, and the Maliko sort of races are kind of dominated by the Hawaiian guys. And then Molokai Tuahi has always, I guess, benefited those who have less good conditions. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's what we found. Like, that's what I found anyway. It was it was a very different race to, to Molokai, Holokai and, and the Maliko race. And um, just because it was, it's just not, it's not that good a downwinder. Like, like really, it's like, yeah. really, it's it's a little bit cross. And yeah. Um, yeah, that 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 second quarter, I guess, um, that was really t- to me familiar, like familiar to what I'd get, what I'd get at home, you know. So it was uh, lucky that I guess for for Oscar and I that um, we were there. But to be honest, I probably wouldn't have been using like at home. I wouldn't use that sort of size foil in in mm-hmm. those sorts of bumps. So it was um, a little bit different to and, and different to what we've been using all month too. Um, but yeah, so I guess I actually, I think I had my fastest sort of kilometer in that section and I was mainly around the two twenties, maybe even to like two thirties kind of thing, but I did like a couple two Oh fives to two tens. That was, that was sort of the quickest I was going Two Oh five, I think was my fastest K, which, um, isn't bad, but like compared to what we were doing for most of the month, that was, um, not quite enough to be hanging with the crew. Mm-hmm. Um, you must have been doing a few low twos, Edo. Yeah, I actually, I was just panicking at the start and I didn't get to start my watch. So <laughs> I don't know what I was actually on, but yeah. yeah, it felt really fast. I think the main, the main good feeling is just when you're able to outrun the bumps and you're not like backing up from them, you know, you can, you yeah. can pump and get up to speed and just sit on those nice fast bumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely got a couple. Even if you of those. have a smaller foil than that, like you're not going to be going faster than the bump. 
Yeah. And Oscar, you must have been doing about the same as me because I feel like I wasn't looking. Like, you were just there, but like just literally just there. And like Catherine's like, it's just you and Oscar. It's just you and Oscar. And I'm like, yeah, sweet. I'm just looking at the bump in front. I don't get what Oscar's doing. It was just, <laughs> I don't feel like I didn't. I'm just looking at, I've got the GPS, the times from all the GPSs. I'll see if I can. Oh, yeah. interesting. So we all had to wear GPSs. Um, so oh, the cool. first. That's a good way to look. So the um, first by mile eight, I was 15 seconds in front of Jimmy and Edo was exactly five minutes behind. Wow. Then, so then that, so then the second up to mile seven, from mile eight to mile 16, Edo gained almost a minute on us. Our gap yeah. stayed pretty yeah. the same. We were kind of, I was, I was 30 seconds. So I was probably pulling, what's that? Two seconds per mile quicker averages. Yeah. But I was also yeah. running a little north. Um, yeah. yeah. And obviously Edo was pulling it in. Which interesting then 24 at 24 miles, which is starting. That was when I kind of ran up quite north. Yeah. That was where you went quicker than I did. So you had you were about a second per mile quicker than me. I think I was probably wasting a little bit going north. Mm-hmm. And then after that, actually, it just gives us the finish time. So it doesn't really who knows what happened there. But yeah, yeah I mean it's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. I think Edo, while that mile 24, you were only two. Just over two minutes back. So about the same. You're kind of gaining a minute, minute and a half every eight miles. That's cool. That's so, good stats. That's um yeah, my yeah. my um GPS tracker was on my boat. I I did yeah, same. Yeah. So no way. I was like, I was saving every oh, okay. little way possible. I was like, yeah, I was, that thing. I was like, nope. Oh, that thing is <laughs> <Yeah>. so small. <laughs> I was like, go on onto the boat. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you needed to get I think I forgot about my GPS tracker for hours and I think my finish time was like way down somewhere. Yeah. Oh, you didn't hand it in? I handed in it like late in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, my stepmom was running around with it. Where did I give this? I'm like, I don't know. And then one of the, <laughs> I think Robbie handed it back to the guys for me. But it was, um, okay, let, let's get to that middle section because to me, um, there was that kind of big, flat sort of rolly bumps after the start. And then it changed quite abruptly. And I guess from doing the race four, they call it like the Makapu shelf. There's like just, basically the water and the current changes and it um, basically just when you feel like you're close, it goes, no, the bumps are changing. It's going to be way different. And it basically, for me, it was harder to sort of navigate um, because you uh, steeper bumps, you're either on a really good one or you are looking for something (laughs) to use is what I found. Like it was like I was either, running really well or all of a sudden I had no energy to go anywhere and that's that's when I really found that my legs were cooked I'm like oh because you were on a good one you think yep this is sweet and then you'd you'd like sort of have to pull off or go right to sort of get in and you're like oh and and my back leg and this is when I really moved my feet around a lot to sort of try to um, limit and like conserve, I guess that was when I really thought about conserving. So probably just just before that messy section, but like it was too late. Um, but yeah, how how do you guys find that? And like, what sort of lines were you taking? What was what was working? What wasn't working? And what was fatiguing you guys the most in in that sort of stretch heading into China Wall? There we go, Edo. <laughs> go, Edo. <Okay. laughs> 
Um, I don't know. When I got there, I was like, all right, I'm home. Like, I feel like I'm close enough where the bumps are. Like, I've been practicing just outside of Allen Davis, you know, yeah. outside of Sandy's. Like, that mix over there. So it was really familiar. Um, even though they were bigger and steeper and just gnarlier bumps, where a lot of times you'll like breach right at the peak of the bump and can get a gnarly wipeout. It just felt a lot easier just because I've, I've been in those situations before. Whereas like before that in the section before that, where it was, where it was like a lot less energy in the swell, I would just, I like it happened that I just dropped out of nowhere and I didn't even know why I just stalled just because I didn't have that speed that I was used to in the bumps. So for me, it was definitely a lot easier and I just, felt comfortable but i don't know was it different for you guys uh yeah. you get you get oscar yeah i think it i mean the foil that i was on like this like it was obviously bigger because we could make it out off the start and it was the stall speed i kind of never got close to um it did i think yeah that kind of middle say after kind of halfway that in through the channel the bumps kind of started jacking and you started getting some bigger, a lot steeper ones. Um, I kind of used that section because I just to kind of recover more than anything. I think there was having bigger, steeper bumps, you could just carry through the bumps easier. You still needed a faster foil that could actually ride those and make use of them, but it was just more use them. They were just such good energy boosts. So I was just conserving as much as yeah. I could. But it's also tricky. Like when your legs are that cooked, you kind of, you know, you drop into some of those bigger ones, you kind of tense, kind of just holding on a little bit. So it was, wasn't was as good of a recovery as I thought. So I was probably peeling off more than I would have liked rather than running with them. Um, it was more of my, yeah, same thing, my back leg. I was trying to, it kind of was locking at maybe 35Ks and I was like, I don't need to just start using just my front foot on the pump. So, and I was also, I think the adrenaline, like you're a bit more tense, but also I was, I noticed the first time on all these runs that I've noticed my feet were going a little numb. I think I just, I just was a bit more tense, wasn't moving my feet around as much, whereas kind of just took a little moment to like, I was like, I right, just relax, move your feet around. And like, that was where I could kind of focus on using my front leg more and just kind of kind of listen to my body more and play the race a little bit more by ear rather than just focus on pumping and going fast. Yeah. No, same for me. It was, um, I found that the bumps I wanted to ride were those ones that were just big and running sort of almost a bit more south but you rode too many of them and you ended up too far south and you had to pump sort of more into the wall and it was that that was taxing. So I feel like I made a lot of mistakes in that section, but like not, not major ones, just like lots of little ones where you sort of get on a good one. You think, okay, this is sweet. And you sort of get that little, they had like a wedge. You sort of wedge like in towards and it felt great. And instead of sort of chasing, like I guess we had been all month, chasing and sort of straight, I was almost like thinking I was going to peel off and just like take the safe option going right. But it just, because of the wind and the backwash, it just robbed you of speed quite fast. And and you sort of got in this position where I felt like I got in a position where I sort of had to pump a little bit and then like almost cut back one way and then cut back the other way and then slot in again. And and that was only like maybe one or two pumps because I was the same with the Oscar. I was like pretty severely, well, not, not severely, but I was, I was overfoiled for that section. Like I would have loved to be on something smaller, but um the one or two pumps because my legs were cooked actually really like i like like kind of started cramping in my back quad and so i started to move my feet around to sort of stand a little bit further forward to sort of yeah like pump from the front foot more than the back foot and i started paddling 
instead of having to pump between those bumps. So I just sort of like take a few paddle strokes to try to like just save that back leg as much as I could. At the same time, my boat captain's saying, you've got this, you're two and Oscar, two and Oscar. And, and um, like, they're like, he's like, push the fish, push the fish. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not pushing right now. I'm conserving right now. This is, I know what, what, what's coming. And if I push now, I will fall over when I get to China wall. Um, uh, turns out I did that anyway, but <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that approach was much more conservation than anything. I think the north, like in looking back on it, like I taking that a little bit more north line, like it, as soon as I wanted to turn and run with the swell, it was probably an easier line in. Mm-hmm. And I kind of knew that it's kind of just timing it and waiting it. I knew if, if I saw someone, as soon as they kind of got up into my peripheral, I could kind of run down and have a faster line to get in front and stay in front, and then I could kind of battle. So I kind of used it to just stay there and just watch. Like I never had to, it was a good time for me to just recover and kind of relax. But then the same thing happened. As soon as my legs started locking out, I was like, it's like, I don't even, even if I wanted to turn and go, if someone was catching up, I was like, my legs aren't going to be able to do this and make the China wall sing. So it just ended up becoming a conservate, like you're just conserving anyway. So, mm. you know, I kind of had that tactic, but the same thing when the adrenaline kicks in, the legs were just worse than I thought they were, which. Yeah that's racing and sounds I'm glad that you said that you had the same thing because I was like by by like 40 k's I was yeah. stressing I was like yeah how am I going to make the pump I got to get around China wall I was yeah. stressing yeah no I was exactly yeah. exactly the same I was like man how am I going to save my legs and I thought save my back leg and then my front leg started going yeah. and I'm like oh no I was like oh <laughs> That's not, that's not started. You, you're trying to utilize the paddle a little more. Cause like even the front foot pump was kind of like, okay, let's go to paddle. Let's go to paddle. And, um, and then, and then, um, as we're getting closer to China wall and you sort of seen all those texture on the rock and everything. And my captain goes, um, Edo's catching, Edo's catching. I'm like, Oh no. Freak. I was like, man, um, yeah. I haven't even heard of him all, all race yet. He's just like, obviously kind of caught up, but in the back of my mind, I was actually still more worried about Oscar because of the way the start plan- panned out. The fact that um, Oscar and I had both kind of similar size foils um, from the way we were sort of tracking, but then also because you're because the fact you caught up so quickly. Uh, I remember saying yeah. to my stepmom, I was like, I was like, I'm not really concerned. Like afterwards, I said to him, I wasn't that concerned about Edo because because he was catching so quickly. Sort of suggested that he was on a fast foil, which meant he would have to be further ahead at this point for him to have a chance at pumping as far as I thought I could pump in. Um, yeah. I thought the exact same thing. I was, I was like, shoot, I'm getting to China walls and I'm not even like that far in front. So it's going to be so much harder. But now that I think about it, that last section, I just remember like that feeling that my foil was just thirsty for those like big, big juicy bumps. And I finally got into them and I was like, yeah, let's go. Like this is what I've been waiting for the whole channel. Yeah. So I really tried to lock in there and it felt good, but also, also my legs somehow, my back leg started cramping too. So I remember like, just like almost cussing out my back leg. I'm like, no, <laughs> we're going like, this is what I've been waiting for. You need to go. Yeah. Um, but I ended up like squatting, like kind of Asian squatting on the board, like really low to stretch out the quads. And that ended up helping a lot when you're on the bump and you just squat down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you guys tried that, but it, it totally worked. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried it 
in like a training run. Never, I don't think I've ever done it in a race though. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that makes sense. It's just like sort of it puts it just it's it's because you just need time off it. Like you just need to reset. Like I was shuffling my yeah. feet around to try to like like and like almost instead of bending the front knee when I'm on those big bumps, I was just trying to get my hips over the front leg and like almost straight legs. And that was sort of allowing the legs to rest rather than just being that like sort of quarter squat the whole time. Um, but yeah, the, the full squat, good one. Um, yeah. Yeah. The power boost was well, the squat boost, but sort of not so much. Um, and then I guess t- to me, like, to be honest, um, I felt like the second half of the race, I literally didn't see anyone. I saw your boat every now and then, Oscar, but I didn't see any actual foiler until like probably 200 meters from China wall. And I, I, I was literally just a little bit, um, a little bit South, I guess, even coming into China wall. And I remember, um, my boat captain just said, you've got to get to the wall. And I looked across to the wall and there was Oscar and then Edda right next to it, like behind. And it's like, this, it felt like I was just like, you guys are just taking this epic little, you know, epic line on the inside. And I was stuck outside and I, I was rattled. I'm like, had, like I was just, I felt like I was so in control, and then all of a sudden, I just looked to my right like this, and there was just like one, two people gone, and I went from what I thought I was first to third, and and had to have this like sort of gnarly pump in, um, rather than I was just sort of trying to sort of not go so far in. But when I saw you two, I'm like, I got to get in there, and um, so maybe uh, maybe um, Oscar explain like as we approached the wall, what, I guess, what you could see and what your plan was. Yeah. So the wall, wall caught up on me a little quicker than I thought. I kind of, I had you on my left and I kind of knew I was probably quicker to the wall because I was just higher up and I knew mm. you'd, you were going to have to come up to it. So I sort of, I kind of just, just stayed on my line, just kept it pretty straight, but it wasn't like, I kind of had your boat there and I was like, all right, I know it'll be probably four to five bumps up by the time I get to the wall, if we keep what we're like the lines we're on. And that was when a second boat came in. I assumed it was Andrew's. I never saw Andrew's boat, but it was just, I saw the Barracuda board and I was like, shit, I was like, where's Andrew been this whole race? Mm. And I was stressed. I was just like, oh shit. Cause I knew Andrew was on a bigger foil and he could make the whole pump. So I was like, oh God, like, so that was kind of the first bit. And then all of a sudden kind of looked back and the colors were wrong on the board. And I was like, no, that's not Andrew. I don't really know who this is. Like we got around China walls and I knew like you were one bump back. And I was just like yeah. a whole, like coming around that corner was wild. Mm. Like it went from being, you had no one around. It was pretty calm and quiet, you know, kind of talking to your boat now and again, but otherwise pretty well just in your own head to turning the corner. And like, we all just converged and it yeah. was like yeah. eight, nine boats just hammering on the left. you got media boats. China walls erupted. Like I heard, there was like yeah, Lisa was up ahead. Yeah, it was like sick. And then all of a sudden, I was like, all right. Like I know he's like just behind. And then all of a sudden, I just hear these like everyone's cheering for Edo. Like all the local Hawaiian just like erupts <laughs> as Edo comes through. And I was like, and I was just like, what the hell? I was like, I'm going. And like then there's like a media chopper hovering, and it was just like yeah. trying to keep it calm, but also just like got a job to do. And then it was. Yeah, it was pretty brutal that pump in. I mean, I think the boats stayed far, like at least where I was, they were far enough away that I, they didn't kind of interfere with my line. But I was kind of thinking that, like, they weren't that far off. Like, they would have been, by the mm. time, say, where you were, Jimmy, they would have been throwing wake at you that would have been screwing your line up. And it would have got messy quickly, I think. Yeah, it was, uh, well, yeah, I was 
that was that, that was like the sec- that was the one kilometer I fully stuffed up like in every respect yeah. of it. Um, rattled from you guys coming in the media boat sort of flew with that big yellow boat sort of flew in and and I was like yeah that was really, crazy yeah it didn't really stuff me up but it was yeah. just like the senses were overloaded because you're at the channel and you're just so calm and you're just sort of finding your line and then all of a sudden Oscar Edo media boat boom it was just like wow too much going on and um yeah that's part of the race but Edo what did you find you obviously mowing us down and then as you came to the wall you sort of slotted in behind Oscar yeah I mean like knowing that I had a little bit of a smaller foil, I was really concerned getting into the wall because I knew you guys had it in you to like pump longer and and you're both a bit of pumping beasts. So <laughs> it was definitely a big concern of mine. Um, but it's cool. Like when we got the China wall, as like Oscar said, everyone was just blowing up and like got so much energy from like the crowd over there. Um, but I knew that that's kind of like the start of the race when you get there everything could change, you know, like you could, the guy in front could get a wave. Maybe you don't get a wave or you get a wave and he doesn't get a wave. Like everything is going to change. So getting into that, I was just trying to stay as close as I could to Oscar to just get on the same wave as him. But I ended up being right behind. So I got the wave just behind his. So we were just like staggered by, you know, by one wave. Um, and I wasn't really looking behind. Like I, I wasn't, looking at where James was or anyone else. I was just thinking about pumping as far as I could. Cause by that time we were all so exhausted. It's almost, you kind of start getting tunnel vision, you know, you don't really, you're not really aware of everything else going on. You're just like, in my head, it was like every extra pump I give is probably 10 less paddles. So I was just like trying to focus on getting as many pumps as I could and, and keep flying. But it was crazy. There's that yellow cat, like a 36 foot cat that went between the rocks at China, like the boils at China walls and the wall in oh. that little section right there. I was like, that's crazy. How did that even happen? And I thought it would give me a little bit of wake and maybe help me, but, but it didn't. I just went on the, on the wave right behind. And yeah, when I, when I went down eventually pretty close to pillars, I just saw Oscar keep pumping and I was like, yep, he's gone. Like there goes first place. So I just put my head down and started paddling. And, uh, yeah. And then you came behind and, freaking pumped the whole way almost that was yeah. crazy oh i fully like so i, I you probably guys don't know what happened because you were ahead but i literally um maybe it was the boat watch but i think to be honest it was just my misjudgment when i came into china wall because i sort of had to go a little bit more into the wind than you guys i sort of mm-hmm. came in and lost a bit of speed but sort of was okay and then i was that set i guess it was the set you guys were on or maybe the set just after you guys were on there were like two bumps just in front of me. And I'm thinking, I got to catch up to Oscar and Edo. There's this set just in front of me. I got to try to get up and over these bumps so I can ride them. And so I um, take a couple of paddle strokes and I take one last deep one. And as I take, as I got to take it, a backwash sort of came and I sort of just went, set me a little bit onto my toe side. So I paddled that little bit deeper and I hit my foil with my paddle and just. Oh, the boom. No. And so I go like, Whoa. and I didn't even come off, but I hit it. And I'm like, sort of a little bit, like sort of came back and I almost went into a stall and I went, took another stroke and then just slapped down. I didn't come off the board, but I stopped. Um, and so I'm standing on my board off foil, China walls, like a hundred meters further in where all the people are. And I'm trying to paddle sort of in and trying to find a bump. And um, I was like, just inside the wind line, but just too far out that I was getting all this backwash. 
and I'm starting to paddle. I'm trying to like, my mind is just going into overdrive. I'm trying to problem solve and I'm like trying to paddle in. And then just like, I got to, I got to find the bump. And I sort of paddling. And I think that video I posted yesterday, like I just sort of paddling and then all of a sudden I start sort of paddling like almost towards Hawaii Kai. I mean, uh, yeah, towards the, the Hawaii Kai run, Diamond Head. And I'm like paddling. I'm like, that's the wrong way. <laughs> if I paddle up that way, I'm going to miss like, like the finish altogether. So I actually just, I just like think, shit. So I lie down and in my head, I'm saying, you might be paddling in from here. So I'm, so I start paddling in. And so, cause um, Edo and I did a run, I guess, three days before the race and both times I pretty much nailed it like all the way in to like inside seconds. But the two times I'd done that run on a foil and I'm like, that's what I had in my head. That's what I'd like envisioned. And I've got to go all the way in and that's, but I'd, I'd never fallen off at that point. And I'm like, what am I in my head? I'm like, Fuck. I'm like, what do I, can I, can I even get up from here? Like, do I have to paddle from here all the way to the finish? And in my head, I'm like, okay. I just thought I was leading for like Oscar and I were pretty much leading for the first 90% of the race. And now I'm going to paddle in and probably get overtaken by like 10 people. So I paddle in and I go next to China Wall and I hear all the Aussies, but I didn't really, it was all just noise. And I was so disappointed in myself that I was like, nah, like forget it. Um, and I paddle on this little bump and everyone sort of cheers. And I was like, okay, here I get it back on track. And I get up and I, it's a tiny little bump, but I'm like, okay, I just got to milk this as far as I can. And I sort of go in between the rocks and then in towards pillars. And the, it just felt like it went flat, like the swells completely disappeared. And I came down before I even got to pillars. And in my head, I'm like, this is the worst I've ever, like, because I've done it twice and I had this all this confidence and all my confidence just went to like the rock bottom. And I'm like, man. So I lay in my stomach and I started paddling in and I saw these few little waves of pillars and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in towards there. And I'm lying in my stomach, like, look up, and I could just see you, Edo. But Oscar, I, I couldn't see. I, I just figured, I'm like, Oscar's, Oscar's in. Like, he's probably pumped to the finish, and or at least to the to the markers, and there's like no chance. And I'm paddling in on my stomach, and I'm sort of just trying to process everything. I've fallen off twice in the less than a kilometer, and I'm like, oh, what have I done? And then I look behind me and I see this three-wave set and I start paddling on my stomach a little bit quicker. And then when the first one comes under me, I jump up to my feet and the waves didn't break at pillars, but they were, you know, just enough to sort of stand up and have that sort of wasn't so much of a headwind, like the bump, the swell cancelled out the headwind. Second one goes under me. I'm like, all right. Third one is the one I'm going to paddle up on. And I sort of turn in towards the break and paddle up and paddle up and get up. And I'm like, okay. And I just, it was a pretty, it was a nice bump. And I'm sort of running with it and going across and um, going along. And I see you, Edo, and I'm like, okay, he's on my left. Just got to stay inside him and sort of run with the swell, pumping along and see Edo. Sweet. Got past Edo. And then I see you, Oscar, and I'm like, oh, he didn't make it as far as I thought. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I was like, I wonder if I can get to him. And I sort of, I think you were pretty much at seconds then, Oscar. And I sort of pump across from the inside of pillars across to seconds and managed to link it up with just a you know the tiniest of little swells moving through and I'm pumping. Um and I just like fully blocked every bit of noise out. And um I think like you were saying, you know, like you were just swearing at your like your back leg. And I'm like, in my head, I was like, don't even listen to your back leg. Let's just like block everything else out. You just gotta go as far as you can. And I was milking the wave, milking the wave, and the wave disappeared pretty much where you were, Oscar. And I'm just like, no, nah, I've got to. 
I'm going to make this gap as big as I can because Oscar, he's been paddling, probably paddling for a little bit, so he's probably going to be fresh-ish to be able to potentially paddle up again. And I just start taking a few paddle strokes. And I'm just like gritting my teeth. I'm like, ah, I was just going as far as I could. And I got, I guess, kind of, um, it's like the second red and green markets, I think, is where I got to. Like, and I, I'd never gotten that. Like, the two runs I've done, I'd only gotten to the first ones. So I was just like, just like put everything into that. And like, but when I came down, I was like, Oscar's just there. I only, in my head, I only had like 30 meters. Like, I, I thought I only had that sort of far, um, that sort of distance. But I looked back at, um, Kahi and um, Kavika's live, and I had a bit more than that. Um, how, how funny was that? Was that live commentary, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> I loved how yeah. it changed. I watched it at first, and then I was like, they're like, Edo, you got this. Yeah. Kill him and all this yeah. sort of stuff. And I was like, oh man, I was like, that was a bit heavy to rewatch. Yeah. And then, like, I watch it back, and they're like, all of a sudden, Jimmy goes past, and they're like, Oscar, get him! Like the same exact same thing. They're just cheering for whoever's in second and just get up. Like they'll always take the Hawaiian boys, but when it comes to like the battle, they'll just always like come on, like get him! And I was it was good, but it was tricky as well. Like I, I kind of at one, like yeah, I probably made it somewhere between pillars and twos. I came down and just got slapped with a gust, which just I didn't see it coming. It just sucked. Yeah, like. You see them usually rippling across the water, and that one just it just took me off guard. And like same thing, like you said, you're so tunnel visioned. And like it's yeah. interesting how you know, like I was cramping, like leading into China walls. I could feel the legs kind of locking up. But as soon as the eruption came from the crowd and like just running through that section, like man, I didn't even feel my legs. It was yeah. just you're just going same as far as you could. Like yeah. it was wild, the adrenaline. But then it was yeah, I hit that gust probably outside twos and I, I paddled through twos and there was three surfers out. And I kind of said that I was like, has anything come through? And they're just like, nah, like, is there anything coming? <laughs> just like, nah. And I was just like, I'm not going to stand up, start looking around for waves. Like you're, you're so cooked at that stage. And like, you look back on it and you're like, maybe I should have waited for a wave. Maybe I should have done this, but you're like, you're hurting so much. Like you're not thinking that yeah. straight. So it was just more like, just put your head down and go. And I think, that was as soon as I got inside probably the first channel marker, like kind of in the channel, that was when you kind of blew past Jimmy. And I was like, originally I put, like, I put my head down, I had my head down, I looked up and I saw someone pumping past and I thought it was, I had the same thing in my head. I'm like, it was Andrew. And I put my head back down. I was like, oh no, like another Hawaiian got it. Like, and I looked up again. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's Jimmy. And I was like, I was weirdly stoked. I was like, sick. I was like, that's epic. And then I was kind of like, but also I didn't like kind of say, I was like, oh, I've just lost it. But I was, I don't know. I was just like, yeah, yeah, another Aussie boy. Like, that's epic. And kind of put my head down and started just paddling. I kind of, the gap was, yeah, it was definitely more than 30 meters, maybe more like 40 to 50. So I kind of knew I wasn't going to have you on the paddle, which kind of like opened up the whole, like, I kind of had to start making like a game plan. And I was like, trying to yell at my boat to be like, how far back's Edo? Because I was, I knew you were on a bigger board. So I was like, I need to have enough of a gap. Because I was planning, I was like, all right go slow on the paddle then like back off, let yourself recover and get some energy back and then go for a flat water and Mm -hmm. try and get it to the line. But they just like, I was kind of yelling, but I wasn't getting anything back. And like, by that stage, there was like skis were coming up and buzzing you with cameras. There was like, yeah, Kahi and then we're out there. Like there was just too much going on to kind of get any answers out of anyone. So I kind of got to one point where I was like, I'm just going to get to my feet and have a crack and like, 
I didn't yeah. realize how tired I was until I started paddling. Then. Yeah. I was like, it was pretty early. You just take a few strokes and like try to push the legs down a bit. And I was like, okay, this isn't happening. Like I'm nowhere near getting the board out. And with that headwind, like it yeah. just wasn't happening. So I was kind I think, of accepted um, it by that stage. Kavika filmed that paddle up, I think, on his live pretty well. And, and you jumped up and you're like, you're like sort of super determined. It looks like you're paddling and then you sort of went to take a few strokes and you sort of just bulged your toe side rail and jumped off. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, nah, this isn't happening. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. But in my head, in my head, like I had, I was pretty sure I had you, Edo, because you were sort of still outside um, a fair bit. But in my head, I'm like, Oscar's just been paddling on his stomach for a bit. Um, He's using a bigger foil similar to me. Surely he's got like if I was him, like I'm just trying to play, play like if I'm Oscar, I'm standing up and I'm gonna try to paddle up onto foil and just just sort of fly past. Um it was oh, I was so anxious, like that last however long it was on your stomach. I'm just like, don't look back. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I'm a shit paddler, like I'm not even paddling that quick. And you just like all these <laughs> things in your head, you're like, okay, conserve, conserve, and maybe and then I was like, I'm not sure if you saw me, Oscar tried to jump up and paddle up, and I got I got kind of close, but I was it was just I had to move my back foot back to get any lift. My feet, my legs weren't working. So I had the paddle speed, but my legs, like I had to get my back foot back and I never had the, like the, the foot, the, like my leg was probably just all cramped and I couldn't get that lift off. But um, it was. Did you consider kind of going sidewind instead of going head and headwind and, and hmm. getting it up that way? Well, you know, at the end, how it sort of goes straight and then turns to the finish line. Yeah. And that's when, that's when I'm like, okay, I can. I'd done it. I practiced it that time we did it and I sort of paddled in. I went in towards the red mark and then turned out to the green and then went sort of across that way. And that was my game plan to sort of, but then my boat captain was like, cut the corner, cut the corner. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. Like cut the corner. Like started to go, but then I was like, took a few strokes towards the red, then jumped up and went to paddle. And I was trying to time it between the gas. Yeah, you could sort of see the, the gas coming and there's just like no gap. And I'm like, Oscar's coming, Oscar's coming. And I'm like, sure, paddlers. And I didn't get up and I was like, lay down, just went paddling even more. And I still thought, at that point, because of exactly what you said, Edo, like that wind kind of coming across, I'm like, Oscar could still paddle up here. And I honestly, I didn't enjoy it. Like that last bit was so stressful. It was until I like yeah. literally paddled across past those orange markers. I was like, I think I like splashboard and I was just like, look behind. I'm like, yeah. I was just so stoked that because I, I, the whole time I was so stressed that I was going to get overtaken that last bit. I, but it was, oh, it was so uh, brutal. So brutal, so brutal. Um, crazy race. Finish that one. I think it's a. Uh, everyone's been asking that, like, you know, would you want to change it? Do you want to finish out in the bumps? And it does add a spectacle to it. I think it was, you know, it didn't work out in my favor, but it was also like it made for such an epic battle. And I think it it makes for a more interesting channel crossing. Like, obviously, that yeah. flat start that middle section and then the kind of strange finish, like it just means that everyone can take different approaches. Like if you look at say the M2M race, like realistically you kind of like within the first 10 minutes can almost pick the top five if no one comes off foil. Mm. Like there's a few guys kind of moving a little bit quicker and just sort of those gaps stretch out and they kind of finish in the same sort of order. Like there were little battles and like kind of stuff from just inexperiences. But I think next year, like, everyone's going to be pretty tuned into that line. So whereas this, it was, you can take a longer board, small foil, paddle out. Like there was, there's game plans, a strategy. It's never over. Yeah. And that's what I reckon yeah. kind of is what makes it such a cool event. So I'm mm. sort of, I'm still on the fence about it. And like, you know, so many guys have just been like, oh, you were like the fastest across the channel. And like, 
But I was like, yeah, but if it was a race to the channel, we all would have ridden different things. So I'm like, it doesn't actually matter. Like we yeah. were all anticipating yeah. that finish. So yeah, we, we all knew the finish. the channel means was, nothing. Yeah, we all knew the finish was going to be what it was. So it was, I actually, uh, like going into it, what was your guys' game plan? So Edo sound like you were kind of thinking, just use what you've been yeah. using. I was just thinking like, I'm going to use the smallest foil I can comfortably flat water pop up on and, and make the start into the wind line. And then when I'm in the bumps, I'll probably be going as fast as I can because I'm on the smallest foil. And then I was like, by the time we get to China wall, it's going to be really high tide. So, you know, all the brakes over there are barely going to be breaking and, and the wind's going to be straight in your face. So I didn't think anyone would have made it that far, especially because there's no swell. So I thought, you know, just make the best you can till China walls. And then after that, it's just like, everyone's going to be on their stomach paddling. So just a small wing. Yeah. That was my game plan. Yeah. Um, and then what about that, the run we did and you was telling everyone I pumped all the way to finish. So Ed and I did that Dude, run I, really. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. I, I mean, I remember I kind of, I didn't want to use all my energy just because we were like, it was a few days before the race and I felt like, we should have started resting well before that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know how how much uh longer before the race you guys started resting, but I was really concerned about like saving my legs and just like coming into the race with a hundred percent energy. But yeah, that day that we we tried the finish, it was it was like I only made it didn't make it to pillars. And I remember you pumping like you had so much energy, you're just pumping all the way to seconds, and I saw you kept going and then I didn't see you for a while and then I think I saw you like almost flat watering like headwind like I was just like mind blown by how much energy you had and even on a day where we were supposed to be resting I was like oh shit like this guy's gonna make it all the way to the keyhole on race day <laughs> no that was That's like what I had in my mind because I think Andrew it might have even been you at it as like Dude, Jimmy made it all the way to the finish like yesterday or the day before. No, I was I was the one spreading rumors like that. I thought yeah. it, was, it was real, but yeah, Dude, I that didn't, uh... rattled me. That was like all that was going through my head through the channel. I was like, do I put my head down and go? And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, save it. Like keep Jimmy there. Just like just save the legs. He can pump the whole way. And I was yeah. just like, I was so rattled. And I was just like, I got around the corner and was just like doesn't matter what happens jimmy's pumping the whole way and i was like, <laughs> i was rattled of that stage. And like as soon as i came down the whole way was like the biggest stress i was just anticipating it i was like someone's gonna pump off but then yeah when i came down i looked back and like no one was on foil mm. i kind of had that weird like i i was still anticipating you were going to be a faster paddler than me i was just like he's going to be catching he's like no matter what you were just grinding so hard and it was funny like even the day after like even today like my legs were cut. They were like by that night were pretty good. Like next, they were a bit sore that night, but like next morning, like good to go. But my arms, like we've been here for a month and I've done zero surfing. Like my paddle fitness is yeah. like the worst it's yeah. been in years. And to then finish your race, just paddling for 20 minutes as hard as you can. Like my shoulders were shot. That was yeah. so brutal. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, because I hadn't, I'd never done that on the run, on, on, on the foil, Edo. So, like, when we did that run together, I was like, I want to see how hard I can push. Because just obviously not the best for the physical, like, the body, not the best for the physical sort of state of things. But, like, I'm like, this finish is going to be mental. And if I can show myself that I can get as far as, you know, 
possible and obviously after 5k's it's going to be different to after 50k's but like i was like i want to see how far yeah. i can go when I, I got to like just inside um twos and then i went to paddle up in that headwind bit i don't think i got up on that practice run we did but then i got up on the inside going across towards the um towards the keyhole the keyhole and i was like yeah. okay that's what i'm gonna do for the race day and I actually did it again the day after because um because i wanted to try it with the tide being higher so I was like, that was low tide. So it doesn't really, and and we got a pretty good set when we did that practice run together. Like we got a nice wave. Mm, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to see how I go without a set. And I did the run the day after I went from Sandy's and just pumped like out to the run line and then went in and I, and I got like almost the exact same spot without a wave. And I'm like, in my head, confidence was at all time high. And then, and then people were saying like, oh, there's rumors you're going all the way to the finish. And I'm like, nah, not to the finish. Cause I, I honestly thought people, could potentially go all the way in to like between the channels and into the keyhole. And I'm like, no, nah, I just got to, the, mm. just got to the market. So I didn't get all the way in. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, just a rumor, just a rumor. Um, <laughs> but it's pretty funny. A few people like sort of message. I think um, Jack messaged and and Brady messaged like, Oh, yeah. I heard you go all the way to the finish. And I'm like, no, 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 just, just a rumor boys. Don't, don't buy into it. <laughs> and that's crazy because the next day I was talking to Matt and he said the exact same thing. He's like, bro, I saw him pump all the way to the freaking keyhole. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I knew it. Everyone's <laughs> doubting me. Like everyone's, everyone thought that I was just like trying to get in their heads, you know, but I was like, I swear I saw him paddling all the way, but. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I made it all the way in three goes, I guess, but mm -hmm. like laying down in between, but that to yeah. me was similar to you Ed. I was trying to do the math and, um, the, the race, I actually underestimated the start, to be honest. I thought the start yes. was going to be a bit easier than that. I thought it was maybe yeah. a 2K pump, but the bumps were going to be enough to sort of keep us going. But we're all riding falls that are so fast now that the fetch had to be, the wind had to be stronger or the fetch has to be longer. And so, yeah, that I didn't anticipate that, but in, in I'd, I'd sort of planned that the, the finish you could make up because um, Dave Kassane had done it, timed it on his watch, and he was telling me, like, mate, bring a set of sunglasses because the spray is going to be intense. He's like, and just paddle into the finish. Yeah. He goes, it's 30 minutes, 30 minutes paddling. Everyone's going to be doing it. And I remember like chatting. I'm like, mate, I reckon it's possible. You just need a little bit of swell. Cause I remember seeing Kyle Lenny do the, do it in 2019. And it was like bugger all swell. And it was so windy that year. So I was like, no, nah, I think it's doable. Like, I think it's doable. And that's why like that, that afternoon that I, in my head, I'd sort of, played it through and then when i did it when that afternoon with you Ed, i was like, okay this is this is on and you, you're saving a lot of time by using like a i guess a bigger fall for that section and it was like i was trying to do the math in my head like 40ks um in the channel in good bumps and then you got the shitty stuff at the start and the shitty stuff at the end yeah how, how much are we losing by using a bigger foil in that good 40Ks. And I was like, well, if it's 10 seconds, it's probably too much. If it's 20 seconds, it's definitely too much. If it's just, you know, five seconds, it's probably, it's probably going to be pretty close. Um, I think my math's probably, I didn't do the full math, but I'm like, I think I'm just mm -hmm. going to go with it. So I'm just going to go with it. So I tried the, um, yeah, I tried, I was using a smaller foil for M2M and Padlamua and, um, I did a I did a few Palala runs before I left Maui and I did a back to back on the 770 and then the 860. And I actually went faster on the 860. Like the speeds were that similar. So like I wasn't losing oh. any top end, 
So in my head, that's the first time I'd used that fork. So I sort of wrote it off as too big. And um, yeah. actually Marcus and Ben brought it over. Um, and I actually said to him, I said, don't even bother bringing the 860 for me because I wanted this smaller toe wing that we got coming out. And I was like, just bring the toe wing for me. And Mark's like, oh, I'm just going to bring it and just leave the toe wing. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to use it. Just bring the toe wing. And he's like, Jimmy, I'm bringing you another race wing that you might use in Hawaii, not a toe wing that you're not going to use until you get home. And I'm like, nah, stop it. Just, I'm not going to use it. And so anyway, <laughs> he brought it over. And um, the the day before the race, I'm like, Marcus, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're right. I'm using this big eight, the 860. And he's like, I told you, mate. Um, but it was crazy that, um, like you said before, you know, the, the speed of the bumps, everyone was maxing out the speed of the bumps, like kind of on whatever foil, whatever foil we were using. Like on a small foil, we were going faster than them. And on the slightly bigger foils, I, I found I was going maybe a touch off the pace, but, but not too much. It was just like less pumping. So it was super interesting to me that um, that, that last week of testing in Maui was like, oh just made this breakthrough. Like I feel like I can go as fast, but then have the option to be able to paddle up um, earlier and later, I guess. So that was the sort of game plan I went with um, in terms of that, that slightly bigger foil, which, yeah, was probably the difference, to be honest. That was, um, mm-hmm. and the fact that the start was so flat, it, it sort of played into, I think, our hands a bit, Oscar too, which but um, I'm interested to, I know you can't say what foil it is, Oscar, because um, it's a proto. But um, so oh. how much bigger was it than what you'd been using for like M to M and Padlamua? So it was we'd had it was the same like size and dimension, but we tweaked the section for the one that I raced M to O. It's same thing, super high aspect ratio. Nath won't tell me the dims on it because. Mm. He knows I'll tell everyone about it and I'm just far too much of a frother. So I don't know. I know it's, it'd be best guess. I was trying to hold it up to other ones and work out like it'd be under 800. Um, but it was, that was the smallest one I had. So it's, I probably like M2M and Paddle Imua, I should have been on smaller foils. I just didn't have any. Um, realistically, I think probably where my weight is, I should have been on something in the 600s. Um so something in the 700s, I knew I could flat wear it comfortably and pump it, you know, ages out the same as like, you know, we did when we do the Maliko runs, I think it's a good test. You know, you paddle yeah. out in the in the gulch in the flat water and pump out into the wind line. And if you've got something that you can make that that stretch out pretty comfortably, then it's probably something similar to what, what the M2O kind of size would be. Um, but I think, yeah, I think a lot of guys – kind of got written off for M2O, which I also wasn't bummed about. I think I never got an opportunity to actually like have a good hit out like M2M. I just cooked everything about that race. And like, I was still happy with my numbers that I was getting out of it, but it was just, I wasn't in the fight. So kind of everyone was like, Oh, well, he's not really competitive. And it was the same as Paddle Moore. I think it was all wind bumps. It was sort of like, wherever you started, I think I saw you, Jimmy, when I got up, you were like five bumps ahead. I was kind of two to three bumps ahead and we all like somewhat stayed the same. Like those bumps stretch out over that distance, but it was like, by the time we got to the end, I was like, well, Kai's still two bumps ahead and you're probably that same five or six bumps, which at, you know, a 10, 15 second period gets you that kind of the time gaps we were off by. And yeah, so it was interesting. Yeah. Like looking back on it, I probably wouldn't change my foil, but I think, yeah, for all the other races where it's a bump start bump finish, 
definitely would have sized down if I had the option, but it's also, you know, being your first race, you're pretty nervous on the start line. Like I, especially for M2M, like I, I think it took me like three goes to get up just cause like I got to my feet and was so nervous and like my legs were like locking up. I was making so many mistakes just paddling. So it was good by the time I got to M2O, I was kind of got the cobwebs off and kind of learned a lot at least about the start and it was sort of a, a smoother start, but mm-hmm. yeah. I think what, what were you on Edo? Were you on, you're obviously small. Yeah. I was like, like a seven fifty. Yeah, yeah. But I think I had a bit of a le- less um liftier section than than what you guys were riding. But uh yeah, the day yeah. I went out with with James and we we practiced it, I was like I kind of had set in my mind what I wanted to ride like 2 weeks before, so I wasn't stressing about changing anything. Like I remember a lot of people telling me like, "Oh, you should try the shim or change your tailwing." And I was like, "No, this is what I'm riding. Don't get anything like I don't want to be confused about anything." or change anything like this is what I'm going to ride no matter what, because I thought, you know, I could, I could pump it like paddle Mua. The conditions were pretty light. The bumps were really small. And even the finish was like pretty, pretty hard to pump through. And if I was able to do that on that small wing, I thought I would have been able to do the channel too. But yeah, that day we went out with James and, and practice it. I was like freaking out because I didn't even make it to pillars. So the days after that, I was like, supposed to be resting but i was just testing out like different tail wings and different front wings to see if anything would be easier and i was like stressing so much about it but i ended up just keeping the same front wing i was comfortable with just getting a little bit of a bigger um rear wing and going with that just improve that low end a little bit yeah yeah it's um there's so many ways to sort of like tune your gear for those sorts of races. Yeah. Um, actually, Paddle Mill, we should talk about a bit more because I haven't spoken to either of you two really about Paddle Mill and not on the podcast. But, um, Edo, you were not officially registered. <laughs> <laughs> You're the renegade. You're renegade champ. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, but yeah, the, the, there's a pretty cool moment in that race where I guess, um, you and I were out front and you say to me, you go, James, where is everyone? And I'm like, dude, you're winning. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh. this is a really short race. So like we weren't so even that tired. And I was just like, yeah, dude, is this like, it's always been so close with all the other guys. I guess we had a really good start. Yeah. And that put us pretty far in front. Yeah. But yeah. But there was, there was a moment in Paddle Mill where we're both, like it was probably just after that um, discussion, mid, mid bump, mid race. And, um, we're both going along and there's this good bump just ahead and you come sort of flying in and I'm sort of coming. We're both looking at the same bump and you just get ahead of me and just sort of drop into this bomb. And I'm like, good part pumping over. Oh, there's probably one behind. I went the one behind. And that was like, that was the moment I lost the race. I feel like, cause you just, just got over it and just sort of, it's shot you. Like you only get those good bumps, yeah. especially on the smaller foil. You just like hold the speed for a long time. And just like, you just sort of stretched out, stretched out. And it was like, went from us on the same bump to you probably five bumps in front. And the one behind that yeah. I went for was just a fizzer. It just did nothing. And I'm like, man, okay. <laughs> it is moving quick. Yeah. And it sort of, <laughs> and then it was that when that was kind of it. And then we got to the the reef at Kanaha and Andrew Gibbons started coming flying in. I'm like, oh man, it's yeah. just flying past me now. And you took like the inside, inside line, like pumping the like that was a pretty good test for you to test the low end of that foil. Because mm-hmm. you were not in the yeah. bumps for probably like a good K. Like wind at yeah, your back felt like but, a long time. yeah but pumping a lot and andrew and i were sort of on the outside and um you probably saw a pretty good oscar 
Um, what line were you on coming in? Um, so I was, Andrew was in the bump in front of me when we went off the start. Yeah. And we kind of, I kind of got into where he was and he came in and like cut me off pretty hard. Oh, and it was one of those ones like, I have it. I know. Like, I, I was like, he kind of had it. Like it was, you know, he was a little in front. So I was like, yeah, no, that's all good. But like, it also just fired me and he went right and started cutting out so hard. Yeah. So I just kind of was like, yes, yeah. so I put my head down and was like, I'm just going straight. And I ran way too far inside. And I kind of like ended up having to cut out a bit. And by the end, like I didn't know where the finish was. I kind of knew where that first lifeguard tower was. I'd done a couple runs to there, but I didn't know where the second one was. Mm-hmm. And at that stage, like kind of you guys, like you could see everyone apart from Andrew, who was so much wider. Like you could see you guys ahead and Kai was kind of in between and me and Jeffrey as well was there. Yeah. And so I just ended up kind of going, I'm just following these guys. Like they're going to know, like Kai and Jeffrey know this reef, like the back of the hand, yeah. like this run. So I was like, yeah. it's my best bet to just sit with them and then try to make a move. And I was probably a little in front that I kind of knew running inside, like he was going to hold that that gap at least, whereas Jeffrey was close enough that it was going to be a bit of a battle between us. Um, and I saw Jeffrey go down probably just outside the reef or probably just inside the reef. Oh, kind of got that, like, once you got inside the reef, it got a little bit wobbly, yeah. a little, there was a lot going on in there and it was kind of hard to read him. And I think he just breached and kind of he paddled up pretty quick after it, but kind of I could hold that, I guess, to the finish. But then so I didn't even, I didn't realize it was a beach sprint finish. So like yeah. they kind of go, I'll oh, come around the yellow boy. It's so like I got around the yellow boy and I was like, got in just behind Kai. And I was like, oh, sick, like stoked with that. And I'm walking up the beach and like, they're all like, we can take your board. And I was like, like I still have my uh, leash rope on. I was like, no, that's all good. Like, don't worry about it. Like <laughs> I can just take it. And then also like Jeffrey flies in, rips his leash off and just sprints up the beach. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, and then someone just yells and like, fucking get to the finish. And I was like, I just didn't realize. And then I like, I, in a panic, I just like threw my board and tried to sprint. I was still attached to the thing. And it just like grabbed. And I was just like, what am I doing? I just like, <laughs> kind of cooked that as well. I was just like, I was, I was so annoyed at that stage, but also like, I think that's the learning thing. Like you guys, like you, especially Jimmy, have like done all these sup races. Like you kind of, you guys understand how the starts work. And it was like the same with M2M. Like I just assumed they like put two boats out. We all just paddle out together. And once we're all together, they'll start us. But like everyone was hammering out and yeah. I was like, what are they doing? And then all of a sudden they just, you know, it's just like, they, they say the race starts at 9.30. It starts on the dot at 9.30. It doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So learning yeah. that was a that was a big learning curve. And then same with the finish. Like you just got to, I mean, I, I feel like they said finish here, but like you just have to adapt to it. And like you got to be aware of what's going on the whole time around you, which, yeah. 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 Paddling was a tricky one. I didn't make those mistakes. Yeah. Paddling was tricky because I thought this, like I, I actually read the thing online and it said there's going to be an orange marker and you have to go inside the orange marker. That's what it said online. And we yeah. got to the finish and it's a yellow marker. And I'm looking at the, I'm looking at like the inside. I'm like, that's like right on the rock wall. Like that's like a rock run. I'm going to damage my foil if I go inside it. So I went outside and I'm, I was coming in and I was actually pointing. Am I going this way or this way? And I'm trying to get someone to tell me. And I sort of just followed you, Edo. And you, because you hadn't registered, you sort of finished and then it sort of floated off to the side. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's like, I was just like cruising in. And I was like, yeah, it was a good race. Thinking, you know, mm-hmm. Edo smashes. Um, and then everyone's yelling. And I'm just sort of, I sort of jump off of what everyone's yelling. And then they're like, they're like, 
you want to run up the beach? I sort of heard that beach. I ripped my thing off and just like dolphin under and ran up the beach. And I'm thinking, why didn't Edo run up the beach? And then I realized that was because you, yeah, you're like, yeah, I, I hadn't registered. They, 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 they maxed out so that people couldn't register, which is why. And you'd flew it flying over, so it was just the way it was. But Andrew was like right behind me, and I, I don't think anyone actually knew we had to run up the beach. Maybe you did, Edo, but um, I certainly, certainly did. I mean, yeah, they were all screaming at me like, run, run, and I was like. No, like I'm not registered. And they're like, oh, get out of here then. What are you doing here? Like <laughs> they probably thought I started before everyone or something and was yeah. just messing up the whole race. But it was kind of it was kind of interesting to see how it all played out. Like not being registered, I had no pressure of anything. Like I just got a plane in the morning before the race and had no I had never done kind of like that finish and that run before. I just went to the um, to the beach where the finish was just right before the race and uh and scoped it out i was like all right yeah whatever i'll figure it out like i don't even know if like what i'm going to be doing but i'll just try to get to the finish and avoid the reef and then i was like so disorganized i didn't even fill up my water bottles till last minute like i asked people if they had extra water because i didn't bring any but it was cool to see when you have no pressure and and you like no pressure to perform everything seems to line up much better like you're just in a better mental state where nothing even matters and you're just like focused on the race and, and, um, and yeah, no pressure. So, so in the M2O, I felt like all the races before were kind of irrelevant because they, I mean, yeah, they worked up to the M2O, but that's just the big deal. That's what we've kind of been training for the whole season. So there was just so much pressure and you had to be on the right mental state where like you need to get good sleep the night before and you need to be aware of everything throughout the whole race. So it's, that's like a big part of the training. It's not just the physical and and everything you do before, but it's a lot about the mental and being able to focus and being your own zone. For sure. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, I was like trying to visualize that finish. That's what I, I did that with the SAP a lot because the finish line was, you know, so it was, to be honest, that, that finish was the closest, like that's the closest race I've ever had. Like, in a, mm-hmm. you know in Molokai by a long shot normally it's over by the time you come around China Wall but I knew it was going to be like that with the foil because the difference between like first and 15th coming to China Wall would have only been probably maybe 10 minutes maybe 12 minutes and if someone had pumped from the China Wall all the way into the finish like you're just right there with first place who maybe didn't make it as far so it was was um it, that sort of visualization of how to finish was was important that's why i guess that run we did there though actually I, that run i didn't know because so perth calls me up and goes oh getting a boat out do you want to come like, yeah sure and i'm like oh, i guess we'll be perth and that knowledge and it'll be sweet and then you rock up i'm like oh man the fast guy's here <laughs> no i had the same thing i was just first like oh what are you doing later i'm like i don't know i'll just cruise by your house and yeah i want to sound my foil and just get things ready and he's like yeah just hop on and i saw you pull up and i was like oh shit like this is gonna it's going to get competitive, you know, yeah. I was just trying to cruise out there and not think about anything. Yeah. But I think it was, it was a beneficial run. Like without that, I probably wouldn't have changed my tilling and I would have been on even a smaller setup. So. Yeah. 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 From the, from the start, it's, um, yeah, I think it was, it was really uh, the whole, like uh, I learned so much in, um, in that month over in Hawaii and on, on equipment on like tuning stuff to match the conditions, um, on going too small 
can actually make you go slower. You know, like there's, there was, um, mm. before that, um, we had to with code, we got a bunch of foils made up and we got sort of four sizes made up and we kind of thought we'd been using, we would be using maybe the second smallest and the third smallest, like the middle two, but we ended up using the two biggest for all the races. And we kind of overestimated the speed of the bumps in Hawaii because we hadn't been there for four years um, and kind of found that even though there's two small, the, the two smaller foils were obviously faster when, when you're on like a good bump, the bigger ones, the average was way better because you're just not used gliding for longer and not having mm-hmm. to pump as much in between. So um, I know um, Axis, they um, did a bunch of, I guess, more photos and videos to launch the ART Pro and that sort of last week. Mm-hmm. And, and I know Armstrong were testing a bunch of stuff whilst over in Maui, which is, I'm just, to be honest, I'm so stoked that downwind foiling is becoming like a sport and like the brands oh, yeah. like that Axis and Armstrong are like actually making foils that are, designed for these downwind races which like four years ago it it just wasn't like it was this kai was on a prototype jeffy was on a prototype and no one else could use those foils and and now you know the art pros are coming out and and i'm sure armstrong are going to come out with the four used oscar because it obviously worked and we've got our foils of code coming out and you know we've kind of got like this it's like the framework is there for it to be a a sport which you know yeah didn't seem to be the case even 18 months ago yeah it's totally a, yeah, um, so, yeah that's the amount of development that goes on sorry um in the lead uh, up is nuts like you spend so much time kind of like trying to develop gear and work on gear but like once you have a true just time crunch to get it done by so much happens like the foil that i ended up using in the race i got I think it was three to four days before N2O. Like I hadn't even ridden it and it was a radically different section and we couldn't like, we were like, oh, let's try and like we're looking at shipping it. Like it wasn't going to, like didn't matter what it was, it wasn't going to arrive in time. So we ended up getting one of the guys from the factory to fly out with them and it was just like, you know, ultimately three days out, I probably would have rather just been resting. So I ended up on the way over to Molokai, we did the M2M channel and sort of, it was a good test because it like got it into some proper bumps. I often find like the Maliko is hard to test gear because it's it's not really the quickest run. You know, the swell seems to stack and it doesn't. I think when you get big swells, which since I've been here, we just haven't had swells. So it's been hard to kind of test the top end of foils. Um, and that's where getting a run in on that M2M a couple of days before was good just to get get a feeling on the top end. But it's just, yeah, there was so much gear getting developed. Everyone was just like scoping out everyone else's gear. There was so much yeah. going on. But I think, yeah, like you said, Jimmy, just having brands backing this as a sport and like this, the gear development that's happened, it's just nuts. Like it's crazy how much quicker we're going than we were in the past. And I remember when I learned to downwind like just over a year, year and a half ago, we were chatting about it. And I think I was listening to all your podcasts and everyone's like, don't hunt swells like it you can't hunt swells you've got to be hunting like the wind bumps and finding the link and like all of a sudden like to look at it now like that channel like the wind bumps were irrelevant you never even looked at them you were just hunting swell and that's because like the gear development like that's where our lines through the bumps are totally different to what we were doing and it's all because of the gear and yeah it's just crazy how much quicker we're going now yeah i also think um this trip especially um has kind of 
to me, drawn a line in the sand and you're either going for speed or you're going to surf. And and when you're learning, I think it's definitely easier to to surf downwind than it is to go for speed because going for speed, you, you put yourself in some pretty bad spots like up and overs is a really bad thing to be doing when you're learning because it's just a, it's just a, it's, you're going to stall out, you know, when you're, when you're learning and, and having to go fast and straight the whole time. It's uh look, it, it can be easier if the bumps are good, but if the bumps aren't good and the conditions are a bit shittier then surfing and sort of staying with the one bump you're on is, is always going to be the, it's like the more, it's the more efficient way to do it in terms of like energy saving, but yeah, the, the, the race lines, um, and Edo, I know Edo actually signed up to the Coach Casey Club like probably two or three months ago, and I was like, yeah. I was watching it. I was, I remember seeing you, we spoke, and you're like, oh, I just signed up. Like, and I was like, oh, um, and you uploaded a video of you paddling up the eight nine nine, and it like, and there's like, I've got on my on my course like how to go fast and how to go slow, and it's like sort of one thing, and I'm, you know, it was funny, um, actually for M to M especially. So there's two things going through my mind when I saw you go flying past me on the outside. I see Edo who's using the Axis ART Pro that I helped develop <laughs> with Axis. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, man, he's on that foil. I know it goes fast. And then I'm thinking, and frick, I freaking taught him to help helped him paddle up. Not that I taught you were doing it already. Yeah. And I'm like, I gave him those like little tips. And I'm like, maybe I gotta sort of, you know, filter out who can sign up. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But I yeah, because like, I felt like I was I was good on the downwinding side, but but it's really important to be able to paddle up a small foil as well, because that's what, you know, that's what gets you going. Like, that's why also I feel like you guys realize longer boards are, are kind of what works in Hawaii because with a shorter board, you wouldn't be able to paddle up. I mean, you guys are beasts, but for a lot of people, it's harder to paddle up small foils that are what makes you go fast in these conditions. For sure. It's just so important. Yeah. Yeah. I was literally a year ago. I was using a six three by twenty one. That was my like. That was my long yeah. race board. <laughs> that was my long skinny race. That's board. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I like maybe it was like August September last year. I got a. I think it was a six six by like eighteen and or, or nineteen. And I'm like, oh, this is this is easy to get up, and it's a bit clunky once up. And then in November I got a six ten by eighteen, and that was like, oh, this is way better for for getting up and going and now I'm on a seven, six by 18, which is like, you know, the, yeah. the, the change of equipment. And, and I, I'm not sure if Oscar, if you went back from your seven, seven to your seven O, did you, did you do that? Did you try your seven O? I haven't tried it since it's only because I, once I got on the seven, seven, I made the call that I needed to go longer. I didn't jump back just because I didn't want to get used to it. Um, yeah. Insane. Like, it's kind of, it's an interesting thing. I've been talking to a bunch of guys about it lately and I think, you know, board design went so narrow and so long. And I think like, you know, if I look back at what I'd ride on a downwind run, even these days, like I don't need to be out of flat water start a 600 square centimeter area wing. Like it's, it's for me, that just means the board's way too big already. I mean, obviously for these very specific races, I'll choose a board like that. But like, dude, I, I'm one as I'm going home, I'm like, I was talking to Army about it the other day. I was like, I want to make like a five six or a five seven, like something that I can. It's just enough that I can get up a wing that will suit those conditions. But if I can flat water start it and pump it all the way out, it's already too big of a board. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I think, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm that's like I've been saying that so much now. I'm like, dude, I 
I'm just looking forward to doing a downwind run where I don't need to go straight and fast. Right. Like Turning ride up, a yeah. small board and just like do some turns and cruise. Like it has been a month of just everyone training, doing the same, it's gone straight and fast. And I'm just like, it's been such a narrow-minded kind of foiling month. Whereas I'm just like, oh, I want to go winging again. I want to go do this again. Prone, all that sort of stuff. It's yeah. I'm just looking forward to that. And just, and also working on boards. Like I think, like, don't get me wrong. Those longer narrow boards give people a great, uh, it's a much easier learning curve to get up. Like it's easier to paddle those boards up. Like, and if you're not getting on foil, like there's no point. You may as well, like you got to be getting on foil. But now like, you know, paddling up such small foils in the flats, like they're just kind of, I think have gone too far and they're a little bit too long and narrow. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the same as when we did that. I think we were all we had that downwind run. Maybe, maybe it was after M2M. There was probably like, any of us on it kind of when everyone started arriving in Maui yeah. and it was just we were all back on kind of smaller boards and kind of just riding what we'd like to ride and it was just that was kind of more what I was that was an epic run like just to see so many guys and Kane was on like maybe a 6-0 like everyone yeah, was yeah. on like back on <laughs> smaller boards so yeah. yeah and it was kind of that you just see the turning and the lines you can draw with a smaller board is yeah I'm, I'm definitely in favor of of going smaller again now but I do see the advantage of the longer boards for sure. So um, the reason I like, so you say that and I totally agree the smaller boards turn better, but when you go like I've, I went back to one of my like 610 boards the other day. I've been like, when I was over here still, when I was in Sydney before I went and I had my 76 and my 610, I was testing them out, went back to my 610. It is so much harder. And like you learn to, paddle, oh, yeah. you learn to paddle the bigger one up and you think, oh yeah, that's, that didn't feel that much easier, but it's a little bit easier. You go back to your old board and it's like, how did I ever paddle this up? It was, it's like, it's yeah. probably the best training you can do. And using a big board for race day is probably a great thing to do. But using your small board after using a big board is like, it's rattling. Like, it's like, how would I ever manage to paddle these things up? It was, it's crazy. So um, I yeah. totally agree that shorter, even slightly wider boards, I feel like you can turn that little bit, like, like instead of 18, like 20, like 20 wide is more fun to turn, I feel like. But um, tell me when send me a message when you when you paddle up your seven zero again at Oscar. <laughs> I reckon you'll be rattled. It's, it's it's heavy. Yeah, it's actually yeah. like yeah. Is this foil? Is it, I get to oh, check with... the foil and it's like whoa. Yeah, I'd yeah. always kind of be scared of like going small, but I mean big. Sorry, I was always like, oh yeah, like that board's way too big. It's just not gonna work. And then you kind of see people using it, and it got normal. And then when I eventually tried a big board, I was like, wait, this isn't actually that bad. Like you're not giving up on that much of turning and maneuverability and pumping. Like, like I thought you would just because like the boxes are further forward. So like a lot of the board is behind the box and you don't even see it. But yeah, yeah I thought it would have been a lot worse. So I'm surprised that they still turn and pump, but at the same time, yeah, it's so, it's so much more fun to, to be able to turn and just, you know, feel the board on your feet instead of it having its own momentum, just going straight. Like, yeah. I do remember you asking me, Edo, like before, um, probably be, probably in June, early June, you're like, how long is your board? And I'm like, yeah. oh, I think I've got like 7.6. You're like, yeah, i got 7.6 too. I feel like that's long enough. I'm like, I think it's long enough. But then obviously you got yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got the 8.6. And um, that was so last minute. I was so lucky to be able to find someone that that had one and was was able to sell it in time. Just because that's where, like, without that board, I probably wouldn't have been able to to paddle up on any of those small foils, just because it makes it so much easier. 
Yeah, and I remember you uploaded a few videos of yourself paddling up. I think it was in Hong Kong, and and um, yeah, we we're, were like going into detail on like technique to sort of help you get up and going. And um, did did the board like fix most of that, or was was my advice any help? Yeah, no, I definitely no. Your advice definitely helped a lot. I I remember one of the biggest pivot points was going for a short, shorter paddle so I could get more strokes in. Yeah, and that kind of unlocked a lot. But then you know, it's still really physically demanding to paddle up on those small foils. And the biggest, the biggest change was when I went up on that big board, I tried it side by side by like a hundred liter board and a 90 liter board that were both like eight feet long. And this one's eight, six and 125. And I was just like, yeah, like I can really struggle to get up on those small foils. I can still do it, but it takes up so much energy that by the time you're up and pumping, like you can only pump for, I don't know, a minute or maybe two minutes, but on that big board, you still have so much energy and you can go for so much longer. Yeah. So that was, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. That's why I feel like, um, length and width for getting most attention in terms of like people buying boards, but I think volume and weight are ones that people probably don't look into enough. I think volume, mm-hmm. there's a volume, like I was on, Last year, I was using 85 liter boards, like same, like neutral volume pretty much. And I was pretty much underwater and I'd take a few strokes to get up onto the water and then I'd do my start. I went up to 90 liters like six months ago and then literally um, like a month before the race, I got a 100 liter board. And um, the difference from 90 to 100 for me, so 10 liters plus volume to 20 liters plus volume was huge. Like it made such a big difference. But also the weight, I got this board made up super light and it was like maybe 500 grams lighter than the board, maybe 600 grams lighter than the board I had. And the combination of the more volume with less weight was, um, it was huge. It was a big difference mm-hmm. for sure. The, uh, it's sort of annoying because you, know, you make a board light and it's not going to last as long, you know? <laughs> it's, right. But but at the same time, don't you feel like if you had more weight, like as long as the weight's right on the boxes, right on top of the foil, and you can still pump and, and maneuver it fine, I feel like sometimes more weight going down the bumps would give you more momentum and oh. like more speed to go up and over, right? Yeah, yeah. So it depends on what the conditions are. So if it's light, like right. Molokai was, like, so, so, yeah. so, so if you end to end, like, put like an extra two liters of water in your backpack and just sort of go as fast yeah. as you can, you know, whereas yeah. end to O. I was like trying to drink all, I had three liters of water and I was drinking as much as I could. And I remember coming into, coming into, um, just before you guys sort of, I saw you guys, I'd finished all my water and I'm like, perfect. I'm going to be as light as I can be for the upwind pump. Whereas yeah. with the, like a race like Maliko or, or M2M, if you get on a good bump and you're that little bit like Dave Kalama is the perfect example. When he's in the middle of the channel, like he's probably the quickest guy going around because he's just, he's a bit heavier and he's just, he can hold onto those bumps for so long. Whereas, um, you know, probably us three are probably a bit more agile in the smaller bumps and and sort of maneuvering around. Whereas in the big bumps, we're probably going to lose a little bit to to the bigger guys just because um, momentum, like you said. That, yeah, that little bit. Um, actually, okay. What sort of paddles were we using? So, um, uh, I was using like an eighty-five. Uh, it's a code paddle. It's got a bit of a scoop in it. Feels bigger than what it, what it is, but I kind of like the. 85 is considered small now in in this day and age, um, but more yeah. cadence, less power, I guess. It, it's got a fair bit of grunt for an 85, but it's less power than like a, you know, Ono Ava that um, Andrew Gibbon was using, mm. the 115. Um, 
Oh, I was on a on a wave of 105. Yeah. So I think yeah. it also depends on like how much flotation you have under your feet. Like with us, wouldn't you want a smaller blade on a on a less floaty board just because you need to yeah. get it up to speed? For sure. And then yeah. with a more floaty board, you can just have a bigger blade because it'll just glide right away, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What were you using, Oscar? Yeah, I was with the PPC, which is the same as the Ono Evo 105. Um, I definitely feel like because I don't have a paddle background, I could kind of rely less on technique, more on power, which I think power is probably easier to come by when you're learning than technique. I mean, I think it still doesn't replace technique, but it is a little easier. Um, but then if you've got good technique and a fast cadence, you can definitely go to a smaller blade. It's probably more advantageous to go to a smaller blade. But yeah, for me, I kind of did, I had to do a lot of work on the flat water start leading up to this because I knew it was going to be a flat start and the bigger blade, it was easier for me definitely to kind of just muscle and pull the board out of the water. Yeah. Um, I'd say you, you know, you've obviously got that such a strong stroke and such a high cadence, same as same as Kai, which Kai was on an Ono waiver as well, I think. You could just have painted up one. Yeah, I didn't. He's yeah, he's secretive. I, I think it's on an axis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, we should talk about that just quickly before we finish, but we'll talk about it later. That we stick with the paddles. Mm. Um, I remember I did a run with Andrew. Um, we did a Palale run, and we put all the paddles in the back, and and my paddle was next to his, and my paddle was like this, and Andrew's was like this. He was just like <laughs> this monster blade. Um, I'm like, are we doing the same sport, Andrew? He's like, yeah. You paddle a bit more than me. I need every bit I can get. So I think mm. I think technique, you can make a small paddle work and the, the cadence is like makes up for the power. Um, but I think the main thing is uh, you just got to get used to whatever you're using. A lot of people, I get a lot of questions on what paddle people should, like what, what paddle should I get? And they said, how high, how high should I cut it and what size blade and flex in the shaft and whatnot. And I've seen heaps of people paddle up with super flexi blades, super flexi shafts and, and really big blades. And then other people paddle up with super stiff shafts and small blades and everything in between from like a hand span over the head to like eyebrow height. And they all work and there's pros and cons to everything, but you just got to dial in to, um, to your equipment. You know, you just got to learn what works for you. And there's techniques that'll work better for some and some things and worse for other things. But um Technique. I'm big on like working that technique because I've got that that stand up paddle background. Um, but I've certainly seen some people do better with a bigger blade than a smaller blade if they change nothing else. But if you work on your technique, you can get both the bigger blade and the smaller blade working better than than you can without the good technique. So yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, yeah. What else we talk about? We were. Um, oh yeah. So the. So I was lucky enough to sit down and chat with Kai. I went down to his place and, you know, after M2M and we organized it before the race. And then afterwards I was kind of a bit like, you know, he came in fifth and I got him right at the line. I was like, I wonder how this chat's going to go. Um, but he was super, super friendly and, and welcoming. And it was kind of cool to, um, we, we talked a bit about gear and um, he was, he'd had created that company, the Hydrofall company, which is basically just um, him making customs. Um, for, for racing essentially and sort of uh i guess he said indefinitely paused for now and i was asking well, what falls are you using and he said he's got the phantom and there was that um that video the car he did talking about the memory the space memory carbon <laughs> oh yeah 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 like through the you know like through the through the camera 
Yeah, that was funny. Was that all a wind up? I wanted to know. I, was, I had a feeling it was all just a wind up. 100%. And I was like, yeah, yeah, 100%. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it was that funny though. I remember I, I sent it to the boys when I first saw it. I said, I'm pretty sure this is a piss take, but yeah. still pretty interesting. <laughs> um, and then after M2M, he talked about how his foils have really good top end, but not such good low end. And um, and then he does heaps of testing between M2M and Pat Lamua and um, gets beaten by by... Edo, myself, and Andrew. So he comes fourth, um, and then, and then he, after that, he um, swaps to Axis gear. I'm not sure what size foil he used, but Edo might have a better idea. Um, but I remember speaking to you, Edo, and I'm like, "Dude, what's going on?" You're like, <laughs> you, uh, you, "You can say that." <laughs> no, I was just like, you know, you kind of keep visualizing this race that you're training towards, and like who you're going to be competing with, and you know, there's, you just, you just keep thinking about that. And then it kind of threw me off when, when I realized Kai was going to be using the same foil as me. And I was like, oh shit, like, you know, he's going to beat me. It's Kai Lenny. He's going to destroy me on my same foil. Um, cause I put a lot of trust in like what I ride and, and, you know, I had this, this foil I was going to ride the whole time. And I knew, and I like think that it's, it's super fast, but if someone's riding the same foil, especially if it's Kai Lenny, that got me really worried. And it kind of started getting to my head. And that's like, you know, your headspace, your headspace has to be right when you race. So, um, yeah, I was just really worried and it, and it really, um, and it felt good when, when we got to the finish and I asked him, bro, what were you riding? And he was like, basically he said he was riding the exact same tailwing, the exact same fuse and everything the same. And I was like, oh wow. Like that put a lot of confidence on me because, <laughs> you know, that's what I was worried about the whole time. Yeah. No, nah, I think I said to you after, I'm like, mate. That's that's huge. Yeah. You know, that's that's the there was you had no advantage or or disadvantage between you and Kai. And um yeah. I remember at the chat I spoke to the boys after like, oh, should we offer Kai a foil? And they're like, no way, we're back in you, Jimmy. <laughs> they're like, we keep mm-hmm. giving advantage to yourself. And I was like, Yeah, it'd be good marketing though. They're like, Yeah, happy for you to to, to put our trust in you. And I was I remember when they sent I, I sent you a message when I saw Kyle all the foils and I was like, Oh, what do you reckon, Edda? And you were like, Oh, <laughs> pretty heavy. Yeah. 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 It didn't feel too good, but it ended up going the best way it could. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It would have sucked if, if he beat me, you know, and that just put like, that would have threw me off the podium and I'm like, oh, damn it. Like that could have been me, but yeah. Yeah. It ended up, ended up working good. Yeah. It worked out. Yeah. And I guess there's, um, personally, I felt that all the foils were ballpark like similar mm-hmm. you know and, and then it depended on what foil you chose for the day and how you set it up and how used to it you were um i found for myself the biggest sort of breakthrough in equipment came like i said that using that slightly bigger foil and not losing too much in the big bumps um and, and having that extra bit being able to paddle up in the flat and being able to pump in in the flat um so it, it seemed to me that like compared to I guess 2019, it just seemed like the biggest arms race. Everyone was just like Jeffrey had the fastest foil and Kai was trying to catch up to him. And it was literally a battle between those two. Um, I did a race, I think it was 2018. I did a Maliko race and I was riding the Maliko 200 from GoFoil because it wasn't that windy a day um, and I was a bit heavy for the Eva. And um, I remember I got up off the start and um, 
like first or second off the start. I'm like, oh sweet, I'm in, I'm in with the winning the shot. And then before I even got to who keeper, like 20 people flew past me. Like I wasn't moving. <laughs> and it was just like, I remember when I got a hoop keeper, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go out wide. I'm just going to surf because it's like, it's not going to make a difference how try how hard I try to go faster. I'm not, I'm not on the pace today. Um, yeah. And it's cool to, to me that shows the evolution of sport that all the brands are making falls. We're all getting to that sort of point, you know, pointy end at the moment anyway, of, of what we, I feel like we're maxing out the speed of the bumps and Paddle and Moore was a pretty good example of that, you know, yeah. Unless it was like maybe one or two special bumps that you could have got a bit of a gap, but otherwise everyone was pumping up and over bumps and we're all going faster than the bumps. And that, sure, means, yeah. that means the equipment's working really well to me and that it's becoming less of an arms race now because all the foils are in that ballpark and it comes down to skill, um, how well you know your equipment, how well you know the conditions and matching fitness. fitness. Yeah, fitness. <laughs> how good your legs are and, and it beca- it's becoming more of a sport now rather than just this, you know, who can ride the fastest floor, which to me is, um, oh, it's so exciting. So cool to ha- have that, yeah. have it like that rather than, you know, Kai was trying to out equipment someone by changing all the gear and stuff and he, and he couldn't, which that's, that's important to, to, to me anyway. You know, it shows that we're all, pretty much even playing field and from there go race boys rather than rather yeah. than uh you know one person having this magic foil and not not being possible pretty cool i think pretty it makes cool. the racing more interesting yeah. just even yeah that's the thing like if you can get everyone on a foil that's competitive then it becomes down to the rider and that's kind of a more interesting thing than just so-and-so had the fastest foil yeah and this yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it makes it more accessible as well like that's the hard thing as well like as much as you know, we're on prototypes for these races. You still want it to be accessible to everyone to kind of be see where they're at, and that's why you know I'm stoked that everyone's kind of releasing these wings. It does it helps the development of the sport, but also just get everyone on them and see. You know, it's kind of a sick idea. Like you watch say F1, and it's like you're never going to drive a Red Bull F1 car as much yeah. as you watch yeah. the sport. Whereas yeah. this, it's like month out when these wings also get released it's like it'd be pretty sick like did i paddle like i got to ride what jimmy rode like that's sick like i can feel what he felt yeah. and like and actually like compare and see what everyone's riding and i think it's just a cool sport with a with so much development and as much as like every year i keep saying you're like we've got to be hitting like that plateau and it's just like these last foils we've got i'm just like we are nowhere near like the rate and the way things have evolved, like we're nowhere near the top of this. There is so mm. much more to come, which is epic. Yeah. Yeah. So cool yeah. to see. It's um it, it's crazy. And anyway, like I said, like we've seen like we're getting close to that, but I think everything's there's still games to be made. I, I truly believe that in, sure. in terms of the design. But I think it's it's gonna come down to like I think we're gonna get more efficient, not necessarily more faster, more more speed, because I felt like, especially that Paddle and Moore race, I was like, I couldn't have gone any quicker than that, except if I got that bump that you got, Edo, and that was kind of, that was the difference to me. There was no way I could have, like, irked any more out of, like, I wasn't using too big a foil, I wasn't using too small a foil. I was just, like, we're all going for it. And it was, uh, yeah. I, the only way I could have gone quicker is if the conditions were bigger. And that's that's kind of um, cool. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, most of the time, conditions aren't bombing for races. It just seems to be that way, you know. And, and I, I'm sure um, in the month that was, 
at least for you must have been for the same for you guys, but every time I raced, my splits were the slowest. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it, exactly all the, the all the training runs, it was like, man, I'm going like, you know, sub twos on a couple. And it was like, yeah, sick. And then you do the race and like, I remember looking at the, the splits from M to M and I'm like doing like a lot of the race, I was doing like two twenties to two thirties. And like for the training runs, it was like, and I, and I came fourth in that. And it's like, well, everyone mustn't be going that much faster because I was in the mix. And so if, if, and that was one of the reasons I went for the bigger foil for, for M2O because it's earlier start, start and the start and the finish, but it's like, um, yeah, we were going a lot quicker in all the training runs we we're doing than any other rack, it seemed like to me all, all, all month. Um, crazy the way the wind almost, because M2O was, it was a light year this year. Um, every day around it was honky. Oh. <laughs> How was it? Yeah. You get down the day before and I was like, look at this start. I was like, we're going to be flying. And you get there on the race morning. It's yeah. like, to the horizon, you can't see a white cap. And you're like, what are we going to do? Yeah. But, yeah. And I was the same. I think the, because the, the current was moving up. I can't remember which way the current goes. And it, it felt slow either way. Like I felt like we we're finding good bumps and like holding with them, but splits were slow. And yeah. so, I mean, yeah, I don't know what the current was doing. So that kind of factors in. Whereas, I think Maliko probably doesn't have as much current. You kind of just, if you've got a good day at Maliko, you can, it's a good kind of test. But out in the channels, I just felt like everything felt slow. It was kind of like it didn't feel slow riding, but the numbers were always. Yeah, slow. yeah. You almost didn't want to look at your watch. It was like, yeah. It was like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was disheartening. It was just, just go. Yeah. Just go. Yeah. Well, why don't we, um, I reckon it'd be probably beneficial for people that are listening for, for um, us all to sort of rattle off like two or three things we learned from, from the month that was downwind month. So um, maybe Edo, what, what did you learn in the racing and equipment and all that sort of stuff? I feel like I need, I need a second to think about that. Why don't Oscar, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> Put him on the spot. Yeah. Oscar, you go down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my, mine was super easy. Cause I'd never M to M was my first race. I was five, 600 meters upwind and inside when the gun went off like i just cooked that like you've got to be with the right out with the furthest guys and staying with them like guys were hammering like you have to be out there at the start line like that was an easy one to learn um i think yeah same as finish i cooked the start on that one i cooked the finish on the next one actually talk about the finish talk about the finish on that one because actually you said before that you felt like you were a bit sort of under the radar and i remember i spoke to you after m2 and you're like man i took like Fell off three times at the start, and then I came in and I hit the reef. And I remember looking back at the the um the results, and I'm like, Oscar was like, if he stuffed the finish and stuffed the stuffed the start, he was right on the pace. So I remember we did a run with you, and we went for a bit of speed at the start. And I'm like, Oscar's right yeah. there. Um, but what happened at the finish on that race? M to M. M to M. I well, I went way too far south, and then the problem was like I I kind of because I paddled up so bad, I had to work through the field, and I kind of got to a point where kind of got through everyone and I, you guys were kind of upwind and also further right. And so I kind of just went, all right, I'm going to put my head down for 20 minutes and kind of just then just go hard. And I kind of went a little too straight and kind of looked, all of a sudden I looked up and I couldn't see a single person or boat. And I was just like, I don't fully know where I'm going. I know I'm going right around the bottom of Molokai. So I kind of turned right and everyone just goes like, oh, one, you'll see the Kamala buoy, big red buoy. And I was like, never saw that yeah. <laughs> and everyone goes all right you you can't miss the pier like it's a big gray building on the end of the pier like just cut in for that 
And that was kind of like, I realized I went too far deep and started, I just saw a gray building on the shore and I started cutting all the way up to it. And I think I must've come in cause I saw Kai and his boat. So I think you must've been there as well. I kind of saw them and was like, all right, I think I'm on the right line now. And I kind of straightened out, but I, by that stage, I just cut so aggressively because I just assumed that was the finish. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going too far in, sort of straightened up my line and, I think once you get around the corner, that's much more just like the swells a little bit further out and running down. You kind of just, everything stacks up. You kind of like, how do we move? You end up just, there's not, everyone's pretty similar. You're not really gaining on anyone. You're not really losing. So I kind of, I think I came down somewhere halfway along that run and same thing. I think Tom or someone caught up to me and he didn't know the way as well. So he just ran inside and just the bumps got smaller and smaller and smaller. And eventually he just came down and I was like, Oh shit. Like I kind of just put all my eggs on his, on just chasing him. Yeah. So then I had to pump way out wide. I think I was right before that kind of reef on the corner where you come around and finish. And I just pumped straight. Like I was so cooked. Like I just pretty much was pumping in the flats to get around that reef. And eventually there was a little bump coming across. I'm like, I have to catch it. Like, I was just so cooked and I just dry docked myself on the reef, like walked across the whole reef in like knee high water. Like, it was complete kook shot. I was just like, <laughs> I was so annoyed, but also just like, like, just so much to learn. Like you've got to study the maps. You've got like, you see guys like Kane and Andrew, they've got their phones on them. They're pulling out the phones and they've got like the thin yeah. trench. They're looking at where their line is. They know exactly what's going on. Yeah. So after that, like, I, yeah, that was probably a big learning curve. Like whether you're taking a watch, like you need to have something that can tell you, you got to plan your line and you've got to know, have something that can tell you how far off your line you are and if you're tracking in the right direction mm. and kind of knowing your distances, like, you know, where, you, how far along that route you are and everything like that, like that knowledge is is key. Like obviously you gain that knowledge with doing the races, but they're pretty expensive and they're, you know, they happen once a year. They're not things that you can go and practice. Like you need an escort boat to do those runs. It's not like, oh yeah, you just go and do it on a Sunday afternoon. Like you get one chance almost a year to to have a crack at it. So utilizing technology as much as you can to to take the correct line, like you you just got to do really. Yeah, sure. And also the line for your strategy is important too, you know, because it's if you're on a bigger foil for M2M, for example, you might be better on the inside, but if you're in a smaller foil, you definitely want to be outside. I remember I saw Edo fly past me into him twice. He fell off. I thought it was another person. Yeah. 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 It was, he flew past me once and just like disappeared. And then I'm like, okay. And then I saw you, then I saw someone else on the yellow board fly past me. I'm like, Man, everyone's just like moving past me. Like, <laughs> like I'm not moving. It was just Edo twice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I also had no idea where I was going into him. Yeah. I mean, you guys sound like you had a better line than I did. I was on the inside and I was following Kai. Mm, yeah. Kai and I did like line, yeah. the perfect sup line, but it was, yeah, for the foil, it's a little bit different, which is cool. Um, what, what, what did you learn, Edo? What did you learn this month? Um, I would say, I mean, in this, like you said, Oscar, like this was the few times that we find, like, these were the first times that we actually raced in big channel crossings like this. So it's not really just about, going fast downwind, like what we train for. That's the main focus of everyone. Just like, I want to get the best split, the best average speed, figure out what foil works in what conditions. But it's so much more than that. There's the start. There's figuring out your line, where you're going to go, looking at the currents, looking out, you know, what what choice of foil you're going to make. And it's not just the front wing. There's a whole other things and, and the shims and whatever you can get into. 
but there's also a big thing for me. The biggest, um, learning was just being in the right mental space. Cause it's hard to, for me, it's always hard to like sleep the night before the race and sleep makes such a huge deal on your performance. Cause I'm so excited. I'm just thinking about like my heart just starts racing and I'm thinking about how it's going to pan out and I just can't sleep. So I started stretching just before sleep and that's kind of like calmed me down and helps a lot with, with the rest of everything. So yeah, the racing is really different from just downwind. There's so many different aspects to look out for. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. That routine's important. Um, there's a, yeah, like you said, it, it's, and uh, like I said before, like the racing seems to always be in less good conditions for two reasons. I think one that races generally start earlier, you know, and when we're training, you sort of look for that windiest part of the day. Yeah. Um, but, but also just for whatever reason, same as like you put a surf contest on, the surf's going to be shit. <laughs> you, you put a you put a downwind race on, the wind's going to be lighter than what it's been. And, <laughs> you know, it seemed to be the case this month anyway because M2M was kind of light and the wind didn't fill in. Padalamur was like the lightest the week around it did the whole month. And M2O was the lightest wind of the week. We had still like wind, but it was yeah. certainly certainly wasn't um, wasn't a small foil day um, except for those, you know, Ks heading towards China Wall. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it was a, it was a pleasure to get a few runs in with you boys, um, and, you know, share a few bumps with you and, um, yeah, just very, very much like a fun and educational month for me. Like just, we, I think going into it, I knew that we were, you know, there was, there was going to be, um, a lot learnt. And then after Padalamua and M2M, it felt like there was sort of like a top five to sort of, and then maybe an extended sort of top seven um, of, of crew. And um, probably after, yeah, I was kind of thinking Kane, Andrew, um, Kai, yourself, Edo, me. And then I kind of had Jeffrey and, and Oscar and Jeffrey as well as kind of like that's like the seven that are moving, like really, really going fast probably could extend to a few more, like mm-hmm. Tom constant was going pretty well as well. Um, and, um, I'm sure I've missed someone, but it, like there was a, there was a kind of a top seven, like five to seven. And then there was like an extended sort of 10 to 12. Eric Sturman was going pretty well too. Um, mm-hmm. there was, I always had Perth. Perth was always a oh, dark horse. Like 100%. Yeah. Perth, yeah. yeah. If he gets up, that did moves. So yeah. I was like, but he's the same. I think he's, you know, the paddling's not his background and he had a shoulder injury. So he just hadn't yeah. been working on any of that stuff. So I think he just never got an opportunity to showcase um, his speed, but he's like, I done runs with him at home and dude moves. So yeah. Yeah. Perth is I think hopefully he gets his shoulder in line for next year and he's, he's feeling good because he'll be a big contender. Yeah. His speed yeah. movement. He, um, and Zane Westwood, dude. That's what I was actually just thinking this morning. I, 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 um, I had a really good race with him over in, um, WA and, and we like we do runs we used to do runs all the time when he when we were both living sort of either end of the run he just moved up to Byron now but um we uh have always he's a competitive beast too like he and he yeah. picks stuff up mm-hmm. so quick um yeah he'll be one to watch but I actually think actually this is something that um sort of no disrespect to the lift stuff but I think for Molokai to Oahu the lift guys were kind of snookered in that 110 or 150 and yeah. Andrew Andrew was using the 110 in like the other races and he was super fast. Super yeah. fast. And then 
I remember I, I actually spoke to Brady and um, oh, who else did I speak to? And Dane about and they're the lift guys on the freedom boards. And I was like, oh, what what floor are you guys using tomorrow? It's like, oh, probably the 150. And I remember in my head, I'm like, oh, they're not in the race then. It was, it was, <laughs> you know, it was um it's a little bit too big a foil, I felt, for for the racing and the speeds we were doing this month. Um the 110 yeah. was, was right there. Um but lift should have a 130. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. I thought the 120 might have been a good a yeah. good option, but no one seemed to run it. It must no one used it's it. It's not as high aspect like yeah. as the 110 and the 150. Yeah, it does. They're, they're totally different foils, like the 150 versus the 110. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's a tricky one to balance in between. And those guys are, tend to be bigger guys. So like the 110, you can get up in the bumps, but no one's getting that up in the flats and pumping it. Oh, and a like few kilometers out, like yeah, like, pumps out even always. getting it out. Yeah, the M2O yeah. finish was always going to be a bit tricky for anyone on a 110 as well. <laughs> you know, like that thing's yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah, Andrew certainly showed how quick he can go. But um, he certainly he oh yeah, he did great. Do, do you guys know what happened for the finish actually for M two O? So Kai, Kai got fourth. Um, yeah, but he pumped a fair way. I think he, he got a fair way in because um, Andrew was a fair way in front from what I heard. Um, before that, I have to get them those boys on. To get the debrief. Yeah, I assume Andrew, yeah. mate. I didn't hear. I, I, I thought Andrew was probably going to be the fourth guy through. And on the being on the 150, I assume he'd make it a long way through. Yeah. But, I mean, Kai, you, you know, Kai knows that stretch of reef pretty well. He, he's going to – he's got such a good read on the energy out there. He was going to suck every bit of energy he could. So you kind of knew if he was going to come through, he was going to make it a long way in. Um, yeah, but you saw what he did. Yeah, I don't know what happened after that. Yeah. I think Andrew just got pretty unlucky with, with how the – the waves came through like you know you kind of need to get lucky and get a set to to go through the whole way even when you're on a bigger foil but if there's nothing to work with you just have the wind in your face the whole whole way so it's like yeah yeah just go down yeah and that's that's what i had like i had the one at china wall that i eventually did get but it was a shitty one and i just can't i didn't even get to i I literally didn't even get to pillars and then i was kind of almost lucky enough that by the time i'd paddled to pillars the set had come and that was yeah you know realistic and then i heard kai got the perfect set coming around the reef actually by um one of my mates who was on the escorting he said kai came around and it's on a bomb he's like it's just like the wave <laughs> he's like wave of the day he's just like in tune with the ocean he just and then he got all mm. fair way in um what a ruthless like actually actually what do you guys think for the finish next year they're talking about um a different finish um a few people um in like the coach Casey club sort of said to me the best part was the finish because you couldn't really like at the start, it was kind of like, you know, Oscar and I, and then Edo, you were catching up, but it was, if, if the race had finished at China wall, it would have been, well, they said it would have been boring, which I was like, Oh, right. Man, I don't know. I, I don't think it would have been like boring. boring. <laughs> yeah, in Oscar the situation, <laughs> I, mean, I wanted boring. When I look back, yeah, I yeah, it, was yeah. sick. it was so strict. Like, it was a battle. Like that was kind of the cool part of it as well. Like, so you look at paddle it was like yeah. where everyone got up, it kind of everyone yeah, finished. It, it wasn't like, it's not that interesting. It wasn't like no. who took this line, who came down, or there was no battles really going on. No. And so that's where I and I've heard, you know, different things, people saying going past diamond heads and doing the full full run coming into Waik- uh, Waikiki. Some people said finishing where the wingers will finish. And I think the wingers maybe like at the start of the channel, like that's a fairly 
it's it's a brutal finish, but it's still makeable. Yeah, pretty comfortably, yeah. even if you get a, a bad luck. But I mean, yeah, paddling for thirty five minutes just. If you like, that's roughly say the paddle from China walls all the way in is roughly a 35 minute paddle, which that's yeah. a long time. Like, that's more than a, a quarter of the channel crossing. Like, I think we would have made it probably to the wall within under two hours. Actually, don't know. I think we would have, yeah. Ball, ballpark, we were under two hours and then to have a 35 minute paddle where it's just so many variables on it, catching a set. And like, there's, there's just too yeah. many variables that are kind of outside of a racing. Kind yeah. of stamp, yeah. It's just nothing you can like train for, or you know, you can practice that approach, but there's luck that comes into it and all that. And so, like, I, I see both sides. Like, yeah, I like. I'm into the whole like having a race that's got ups and downs, but also like it's be it fair is as it's well. tricky ones. Yeah. It's got to be fair as well. So, yeah. I'm kind of open to it. Like, as much as everyone kind of said it's a brutal paddle, like realistically it's surprising how far you can make it like it sounds you know two miles of headwind like sounds brutal but it is crazy how you know for the better riders having a good read on it trying to suck suck every little bit of energy out of it like you can make it a long way and i think Mm -hmm. you know kind of fun i don't know i lost to it as well so i probably should say that it sucks and i don't want to (laughs) the wall but I don't know. It, it was just like that was what made it the race that it was, was that it was up and down. Like if, if I kind of went off the start, stayed out and won, it's like it'd be interesting, but I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But yeah. the way it ended was what made it so good. So To me, Molokai Tawai has always been like it, it's an ocean race, not so much a downwind race. So I think wh- whatever the uh, the changes they make, I think there needs to be that sort of varied conditions. So you know, the start makes it very different to all the other races. And I, and I personally, I, I think that's important. I think, um, but they've got to balance up um, the, I guess, the legacy of the race as well as getting people to do it, like participation-wise. Because if it's this impossible race that's got a hideous start and a hideous finish, maybe only going to get, you know, 20 elite people sign up. I think for the growth of the sport, it's important that, people want to do the race and that it is still hard, but it's doable. And I think at the moment it's probably, like I know like Dave Kalama has never even thought about doing it because the finish is just not, um, not fun, you know, and I think they've got to balance that up. What, what do you reckon, Edda? You know, you're local to Oahu, so it's kind of. I mean, everyone has different perspectives and some people want to do the finish that way because they say, you know, it's a channel crossing. Like we're going to go from here, from this Island, this Island, this is what the race has always been like. And that's how it should be. And then there's other people that are like, well, we we're here at a downwind foil. Let's downwind foil. That's like that paddling is not a component of it. And I mean, you could agree with either side, but I think at the end of the day, like whatever they change the race to be, we're just, I mean, we're going to make our own different decisions. Probably if, if we're not going to be paddling, headwind we're gonna all be riding smaller boards and going faster throughout the channel and smaller wings so we're just gonna i mean we're gonna ride differently but anyways you can always adapt to to what it's like and yeah i think it also kind of evens out the playing field like having that flat you know those different conditions throughout just because you can go faster out the channel but then you're gonna have to pump and it just makes it a little bit more even for everyone yeah yeah, but either way, we're all yeah. We're gonna adapt to it anyways, so I don't think it matters that much. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it it definitely 
it's not that important. To me, I was chatting to a mate of mine who's sort of helping for next year and he was saying um, they were talking about, yeah, the Blinker Boy or, or the Outrigger Club. <clears throat> and I reckon both are good options. Personally, I think I'd prefer to go the Outrigger than the, the Blinker Boy just because... Um, yeah, both, for sure. Just because it'd be pretty cool to finish. Like it's a bit more of a spectacle for spectators, you know, like yeah. finishing at the Blinker Boy, you're like literally there and you just, well, I guess you just paddle in, you know, and whereas... Yeah. If you were to finish at the outrigger, you could have like, you know, be pretty sick. Spectators. Spectators, and yeah. Hype. Yeah. I think that's a cool part of it too. I think that to keep it like the, I guess the legacy of the of the of the race, I think it'd be important that you like have to go around a marker at at China Wall. I think that'd make it pretty cool. Um, so you still have that sort of have to cut into China Wall and instead of going in mm-hmm. from there, you actually like turn, like so you get a wave at the point and then turn left. Like that'd be to, to me a pretty like you know, based on a Hawaii Kai run, that'd be pretty cool. I think. Um, another thing I sort of yeah. was looking at when I was at Waikiki and I was staying in one of those hotels, all the it's like glassy, but all the swells that sort of wrap in to to like Queens, like it's very foilable, especially on a downwind wing to like be able to get all the way into like the heart of Waikiki. And I think to to finish a race like at Queens would be unbelievable. Oh, that'd be unbelievable! Yeah, and like. There's like people like yeah. it'd be like the outrigger would be sick, but like just go that little bit extra gives it a little bit more of that sort of like there's no wind, but there's definitely waves. And to have the yeah. crowd factor would be oh it'd be messed up. It'd be pretty sick. Yeah, for sure. To me, that I think that's like if you turned it, if you had to go like to China Wall and then turn down, and you finished like at Queens. That'd be pretty, pretty like pretty cool, and it it'd showcase the sport to like. I don't know, hundreds of thousands of tourists, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty. You'd, you'd have a crowd, which would be, you know, pretty cool, rather than paddling in on your stomach across the finish line. Um, mm-hmm. People not even knowing if you have a foil on underneath or if you're in the prone division, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, it's probably the worst showcase of our sport is that finish, like us just paddling in the slowest, effectively of the crossing. Like the prone yeah. guys are on twelve; they're just going way past us. Everyone is. Yeah. And we're just like battling in. It's like we started like we we made a two-hour crossing. It's like you wouldn't know it. Doing? I don't know. It, yeah. just, it did it didn't feel right. I was like, it just did not showcase the sport. But yeah, I'm frothing on the idea of coming into China Walls to a marker and then punch yeah. back out with like yeah. the wind. Like you're being flat, almost flat water again. Yeah. Kind of like the start. Yeah. Like you got a wind behind it's you. It's like a reset. With it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's a I rate that. That sounds like a pretty and like if you yeah. come down there, the same thing. You'll have to move back out, get in and try and hammer the last stretch. Like mm. yeah, that's a that's a good one. I like that. I think it kind of keeps the like the legacy of the race because it's always, you know, get in at China Wall and and then from there the race starts and it'd be a different kind of like it, you'd have to use it just adds another dimension and you miss that sort of headwind, which is almost unfoilable unless you have a wave to a little bit of flat water, like you sort of get out of the wind line, and then you'd start and it re 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 rebuilds, I guess, the bumps. And then you have the, the you know, everyone does the Hawaii Kai run. They don't do Sandy's to they don't fit no one finishes at Hawaii Kai. You know, that's a it's a shitty finish because the wind. But yeah. if you if you start at the the run that everyone does and finish in um I guess in the city, it'd be pretty be pretty special, I reckon. But it's not our decision. <laughs> And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and whatever is decided, I think of you, as you said, it. Like we're all going to adapt to it and do all the things we need to to be ready for it. And um, I think uh, I'm I'm looking forward to next year already. Oh, actually, sort of funny. Like, how do you guys feel after the race? Like, it was a bit of a build up. Now it's a bit like 
yeah, I'm kind of bored. Like, I'm like, what, what do I work on now? Like, what am I going <laughs> to, what am I going to be thinking about? Yeah. You know, what's next? Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, uh, I'm just looking forward to not going straight downwind. Like it was so funny. Like <laughs> we're trying to fly back on Friday and my girlfriend's like, oh yeah, we've got to do some things in Sydney and all this. And I'm like, we're driving straight down the coast. I'm going foiling on Sunday morning. Cause all the boys will be around. I was just like, like I need to go prone or like I'm still just psyched to foil, but I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to go straight downwind yeah. for a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm certainly keen to turn. Um, it was actually <laughs> there was a cliff um, that uh, one of the filmers got guys got in um, Maori to Molokai, and I think it was the last time I did turns. Um, the the um, oh, I saw that. <laughs> there was like I was like what. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, dude, you were ripping around. I was listening Kai pump so hard. Yeah. Like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. That's like, because <laughs> everyone had just gone past me, like I wasn't moving, and I'm like, oh, well, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to win this race. I'm just going to surf. And then I looked back and looking at the times, I'm like, oh, if I hadn't surfed for like that five minutes, like maybe I could have got it. <laughs> but it was, um, <laughs> it was all too little, too late. It was, um, it pretty funny though. Yeah, that 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 was. It was actually. I have to get Josh Koo on here too because he was like he's always the guy that does the most distance in a downwind run because he's just surfing so much. <laughs> and he, he comes in at the, um, at the end, as we were comparing stats and he's like, Oh, how far did you go? I'm like, Oh, like 53 Ks. And he goes, Oh, I got 59. <laughs> he's done an extra. And Perth was complaining about like 57. And then Josh is like, Oh, what do you, and you did the bad lines. Like I did a good line and did 59. Zigging and zagging the whole way. Um, Huey's line choice for anything I've done a run. The first time I ever did a run with him, he went like five Ks offshore. Past, yeah. And he's like, I was like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I didn't know where I was going. I was like, why'd you go solo out there? Like, why didn't you just follow us in? Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, I don't know what he does, but he's, he's just good fun to have on a run. I always enjoy doing yeah. that. And he rips, like he's doing some such good turns now. Like the, Everyone leveled up on this trip, like to yeah. see how everyone's progression, like everyone's just pushing it to that next level. And that's what's, yeah, that's what's been really cool. And I think just having everyone around, like, you know, having a few years now, of like you kind of knew who was already good at downwinding, who's doing the long runs and who's kind of capable, but speeds were pretty unknown. But, mm. you know, all these guys we've been chatting, like most of us, you know, we all arrived together and it's kind of, I was talking about it with you the other day, but like it's it's sort of hard to switch into that mindset. Like me and Simeon were just sitting on the start line of M2O, just being like, dude, like all these guys that we've been chatting with, we're all just sitting here now ready for a race. And it's kind of hard to be like, we've been frothing on each other's stuff and stoking each other up. But like all of a sudden it's like I gotta switch into like Basement. a competitive <laughs> mindset, which was kind of hard. Like, like that once we got out when Andrew was like, Yeah, dude, we made it. We were like, we'll froth them. Then all of a sudden I was like, yeah, no, we're in a race. Okay, we go. Like <laughs> So it's, I mean, it's been just so cool having all the crew together, everyone's around in the one place at one time, like the vibe and just the energy coming from everyone's just been so good, but it's also been so secretive. Everyone's like, guys are waiting at the harbor. They'll keep their foils in the water. They'll wait till everyone else leaves. Then they'll quickly take theirs up or like, Guys are taking rashies off, tying it around foils. I yeah. stuck up on Kane on one and he sprinted up the beach away from me to go put covers on. And yeah, I mean, it's just been all good fun. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's been an epic yeah. time. It's all been good stories. The, um, I think the Armstrong guys are probably the most secretive, followed by Kane. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mate. I feel so bad. Like, I even said it to Andrew. It was the first thing I said. I'm like, 
like he kind of we did a run and he came behind like i'm sorry dude i, I got away like, <laughs> and that's why they don't tell me because they know i'll just be like it's like 600 it's this i'm like sick i'm like and they uh-huh. just like not telling you dude and i was like yeah fair like yeah I'll, I'll paddle it and kind of work out like make it smaller or bigger but it's, that was about it they just don't yeah. tell me which is fair it was funny um because obviously ben and marcus were there and we're, we're doing the code stuff and we've got these falls that aren't released yet but we don't have a downwind wing already so it's a bit of a different situation to you know access and armstrong whereas where you guys have like there's the art series and there's the the high aspect from armstrong and so i was like sort of we'll see and you know the armstrong guys especially we're like oh should we not be like showing our falls marcus was like He's like, oh, man, we don't have anything else that's a downward wing. So just he's like, I'm not, I'm not taking covers with me or anything like that. And so he's like, just yeah. like whatever, just show them. But it's like, it's obviously it's for the shops. That that's that's why brands do that. Like for Armstrong, for them, for their new foil that's not released yet to be um plastered over everything. I don't think it's so much people copying it. It's more that um shops already have stock of stuff and it sort of devalues their stock. Which is mm-hmm. yeah, which, which is I guess the biggest thing, and like the ART Pro has probably been the worst kept secret access, <laughs> the, the second worst kept secret after second behind the Spitfire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mentioned, I was hit, I spoke to Adrian. I'm like, dude, how have you not released the ART Pro? Like, it was pretty much ready when I when I was you know still with you guys, <laughs> and he's like, oh, we changed a few things, and yeah, fair enough. But they're obviously, yeah, pretty pretty cool to see the stuff you guys are riding, and yeah, everyone to be there. And it was pretty like there was a few runs where we were all sort of um you know riding together, but to, to me it really felt like race day was when we really tested out, you know, the speeds of the falls and 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 the there was actually one run in particular, it was like my second Maliko run. And um Ben and I were in the water and Kai backed his truck down and got his board out and just sort of pad, was starting to paddle out. And I thought, oh, cool, we'll be able to do a run with Kai. And so I'm paddling out Maliko and all of a sudden I hear this. And it's him paddling up uh-huh. flat and just sort Gosh. of flies faster. So I'm like, oh, what a dog. I was like, I'm going to do a run with him. So I tried to paddle up and I was like in that sort of weird zone where it's like the water coming in and the backwash and I couldn't get up. And I sort of paddled out a bit further and got up. And um, I remember saying, I think it was with Nodic. And I was like, what do you reckon? Should I go? He's like, yeah, go. So I was like trying to see um, if my foil was on pace with the foil that Kai was using. And he was like so far in the distance, a little dot, but I like kept him as a little dot the whole run. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm on the pace. It was, um, it was kind of funny, but it was like cool. Like mm-hmm. At the beginning of the you know the, the month over there, I was like, I wonder if our foils are fast enough. Like, because no one no one knew. It was all this sort of unknown as to um, who was riding the quickest stuff. And I think at the end of the day, it was it was like I said before, it was close. It was all closer than we thought. There was no standout foil. Um, there was just sure. standout standout riders. To 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 be honest, like I think we all sort of got the most out of our foils and. We're all mm-hmm. within, like, was it two minutes for M2O? And every other race was, M- Palamur was 20 seconds. And yeah, yeah. Maui de Molokai was pretty much, it was a minute or something as well. So it was, um, yeah, as I said before, becoming a sport, which is exciting. Um, yeah, for sure. Exciting. Yeah. Well, I think we're coming up to two and a half hours. <laughs> so thanks, everyone. Wow, for that was, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to do another one with you, Edo, because um, we've done one with Oscar before, but we'll get you on again, mm-hmm. Edo, because I want to sort of hear more about how you've gotten to the level that you're at. <laughs> because um, 
um, my stepmom was freaking out. She's like, he's from Hong Kong. He's like from Italy and he moved to Hong Kong and now he's in Oahu. She, I think she said to you at the yeah. awards night, she was like, I really wanted to meet you. She was like, oh, she, yeah, yeah. She was fangirling. Um, <laughs> but um, she was like, um, yeah, all these stories. And like, uh, you know, Oscar, I know, I know how you got started, but I want to hear how Edo did. But we'll do that another time because sure, it's, yeah. it's been a while on this one. Mm-hmm. But, um, do you guys want to finish with something and like it's the closing words, maybe one from each of you? I'll go let Oscar go first so Edo can get his thoughts together. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I just want to do, dude, just thanks to everyone. It's been, I think the foil community is what kind of makes it what it is. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Like you show up at Malika run, it doesn't matter if it's the best foiler around, if, if, if Kane and Andrew are there paddling out or Kai, or if it's just like any of the local boys, like everyone's welcoming everyone will drive to the bottom and someone will give you a lift back up. Like the community around it's has been probably one of the best, the best parts of this whole journey. And I mean, it's the same, like all these boys that, you know, a lot of these guys I looked, I, they're the reason I got into downwinding. And so to be having battles with them and to be chatting after with them and just catching up with them has been, been kind of the best part of it. So yeah, just thanks to the whole community really. And just keep the stoke going and, Kind of looking forward to sharing a bit more and not being so secretive about everything. Just wanting to just go back to geeking out on gear and just enjoying it. So yeah, yeah. Thanks to everyone. Yeah, thanks, Oscar. Edo. Yeah. Same. I just a big thank you. You know, the whole foil community is so supportive, and we all I think we all have a very strong bond because we know the struggle that goes with foiling. It's a pretty steep learning curve, and now that we're all here downwinding and enjoying it together, it's it's a really special moment. And, um, and yeah, I'm just really happy the the level that it's getting at where it's not so much about equipment, but we're all just pushing it and, um, and yeah, it's just going to get better from here. So I'm excited for next year. Yeah. Awesome. Well said, both you guys. I couldn't agree more. And, um, we'll have to try to get a few crew over to WA. I know Oscar, you missed, missed it last time by a little bit, but, um, that's sort of, as soon as I got home, I'm like, oh, I got to plan my WA trip because, um, there's a race called the West Coast Downwinder, which um, last year had a really bad, it was just, the wind was good, but the weed was shocking. So it was like foiling through, uh, like like it was really bad seagrass. Um, but it'd be cool to get some of the Hawaii crew over to WA and um, hopefully oh, yeah, the, the conditions turn on. And um, it's, uh, there's a few good races down there for sure. Um, and we'll, I guess I'll, keep everyone updated as best I can for, for that and try to hype it up because I, yeah, it's, um, I remember Josh who actually hit me up about this or probably this time in June, like early June was like, dude, you got to hype up like Hawaii season, like downwind month. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good call. So he sort of got me going with the podcast again and stoked I did because more discussions like this and more, gets more people excited about it. So yeah, thanks you guys for your time today. And thanks for the good times over in Hawaii. It was a hell of a time. Yeah. Thank you boys. Yeah. yeah, appreciate it. And good battle. That was an epic, epic crossing, an epic month just of racing. It was just good times. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was a bloody good battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You it was. I fucking lost it. <laughs> 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 wow. Thanks, boys. Good luck. <laughs> you.